And now, introducing the man who is currently putting the local schools against one another as it comes to the commitment of his six-year-old's lacrosse future as while he's excited at the heated competition, he says, quote, if he's anything like his old man, he will need assurances that academics won't get in the way of a good time, unquote. While waiting 15 minutes after receiving the second dose of his vaccine yesterday, he took the opportunity to strike up a conversation with those also waiting about what he described as the, quote, overwhelming likelihood that National Treasure 2 was actually a documentary, unquote, much to the alarm of the CDC. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Press Box. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He is Kyle Ottenheimer. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program brought to you by Glory Days Grill. And those scenarios for Would You Rather Wednesday are up right now at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. You can find them there. And you want to participate, we enjoy that, but... For you, the good news is that you can win a $25 gift card to Glory Days Grill, which is Could be spent entirely on smoky thigh wings. I don't know why you wouldn't spend $600 on smoky thigh wings and just keep getting more eternally. They're celebrating their 25th anniversary at Glory Days Grill, and they've got a special menu including the zucchini fries, the aforementioned smoky thigh wings, the double bacon and cheddar burger, the barbecue chicken bowl with ancient grains, strip steak sandwich, silver anniversary IPA, the turtle cheesecake, and so much more. Find it all right now at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Go to glorydaysgrill.com in order to find out more. And, of course, get your responses. And give me one of those pens if you don't mind. Get your, there's, like, there's two sitting right there, literally. I was pointing at is those. That, no, is that pointing, one? I was pointing at those. That's that's. I was giving one. Came of those from the pens. heavens. You want one of the good ones, huh? Yeah, I do. But it's fine. Which would you blue or blue or black? I got a pen now, Kyle. I have both. Good. Yeah, Glory I delivered Days, it. Glory Days Grill. Get over there and participate in Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill, so that you can win a twenty-five dollar gift card. We'll get to that here in a second. Also coming up on the program today, uh, Jake Funk, former Terps running back. He was selected by the Rams on Saturday. Really great story. Um, former Damascus Hornet on top of that man that uh, did not have a lot of interest but managed to hear his name called in the draft. It only takes one team. Of course, maybe there were other teams that were interested. We didn't hear about a lot of it, but he heard his name called. He is a draft pick. He's officially in the NFL. We'll talk Jake Funk about that. And later on in the program, Sonny Dykes is going to join us, the head coach at SMU, formerly the head coach at Cal and I believe Louisiana Tech at one point. Uh, of course, he uh, not only coached Brandon Stevens, the Ravens' third-round pick, but also he coached James Prochet, who the Ravens drafted a year ago. And I want to say that he drafted or he had Patrick McCary while he was at Cal as well. So we'll talk to Sonny Dykes about some of that stuff. And it's Wednesday, so yeah, we'll chat with Drew Forrester. And Patrick Stevens will join us as well ahead of Selection Sunday in college lacrosse. So all that coming up on the program today. The Orioles ended up losing. I'm not going to lie. I didn't make it. I tried. It was a boring as sin game. I mean, it was just so unbearably unwatchable. And I was yawning and yawning. I don't know if it's related to getting the old uh, the Spider-Man Venom uh, shot into me yesterday. Oh, yeah, I don't I know. If, that's what they gave you. Right? I don't know if that's what it was, but I could not do it. And so it was 1-1 in like the seventh inning when I turned it off. Apparently, there were more runs scored uh, as the Orioles fell 5-2. The fact that you made it to the seventh is commendable, sir. I mean, I made it the whole game the night before. I I, I tried to watch the Believe it or not, I try. 
like Macy Gray once upon a time. I tried, tried to, to say goodbye, goodbye and I and choke. I choke. Yeah. Try to, to walk, walk away. away. I stumble. I stumble. No, I try to hide it. It's real. I think it's it's clear. Yeah, it's both. Yeah. No, I don't think it is. The song is. is the song is. Will real. always be a jam. It's the music oh, video it's a jam and a concert in the streets. No freaking doubt about it. And some uh, nice disco out. Of course, you remember she was the star of. Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's that's uh. It might be right. I have. No, I gotta be honest with you. I incorrect. I, I have no it. idea. Spider Man. Well, Spider Man Two. Remember? She wasn't the star, but she was. No, she was the singular <laughs> spot star. Yeah. Actually, she might have been. Was she Spider Man Two or was she the first? It Spider-Man? was one of them. I think it was the first. It might have been the first Spider Man. Now first. that I think about it, those I think it line up the, is the timeline of those. I think it might have been the first really? Spider Man. Yeah. All right. Uh, so, Covered that. Uh, so the point is that Macy Gray is gonna. Oh wait, no. <laughs> I would so talk to Macy Gray. I would talk to her every day of the week. I have so many questions. I, she, I had, she had a hell of a voice. Her entire record was phenomenal. And I think I even went back for the second one because it was that good. Why isn't she? Like, she she, she had her own, like, no, who's filling the raspy niche, you know? like I don't know. I really don't know, you know? who the answer is to that question. I don't know. Should I be genuinely her. have no idea. She's phenomenal. All right. Uh, so, yeah, all that coming up on the program today. Orioles, as I mentioned, they fall to the Mariners. They wrap up with a matinee this afternoon. Impressive in performances Seattle. from some uh, young arms in the system. Yeah, Dia Hall. As Interesting well article as from John Mioli. Did you read that about his, you know, off time? I mean, the time that he spent without originally, like, I did not. He was working out uh, back home and periodically jumping between like a u- nearby university but like when everyone had to leave he was just like thrown into a fence he had a bucket of balls like I mean, 30 balls thrown into a fence talked to a bunch of different guys that were doing stuff like that went to the wake forest uh, state-of-the-art wake forest pitching uh, system like you know like a i by location. the way I, I i don't think i can say much i happen to know that in lieu of going to the facility because mm-hmm. they're doing like the boycott no it's not really a boycott they're just not they're just not Ravens players are sure. not going in for, for topic in the voluntary. Drum. I happen to know that a few of them are working out at a local college together. That like they still wanna yeah. they, they still wanna do something. Yeah, no. I mean, and so I just happen I, I, I can't say anything more about it. Um I like happen to know it's what do you expect? They're not gonna work out? Well, it's not just about working out necessarily. Like they could work out at home, you know what I mean? Some of them, not all I of mean, them. I mean, it's are. like for people who are I mean with the uh, Jawan James, right? But Yesterday it's but it's also interesting to me Phillies. like this is the part that I'm kind of confused about. So the NFLPA, I mean, look, I I don't know why this was news this week. Lorenzo Alexander essentially told us this a couple weeks sure. ago. The NFLPA is saying we just want to bust the system. Voluntary They're openly saying over. that we want this to end. This isn't about the pandemic. This is about wanting this to be over. But it's an awkward spot. Why, why make players go work out somewhere else instead of them being able to go into the building to do just the at least the workout part or have it available to them if they if the players themselves right, want to run around on the yourself field. up to risk. This, this this is a weird like. I, I know that we're going to say, hey, this is the type of stuff that gets hammered out in the CBA, but it feels we're going to be a long ways away from another CBA between the NFL and the NFL Players Association. They just agreed to a new one. It feels like a direct result of not the lawyers directly, but being committed or at least saying, we are making sure that we are going to have an out here. Like, they're 
in their CBA negotiations, right? Like there's any leverage that the owners or the NFL might try to have or or hold over the players. But that's over. They they negotiated a CBA. It's there's over. Not going to be extent, another. One. But they're still going to try to use it against Jawan James for his salary this upcoming season, probably. Well, that's. I mean, that part might be true. There's no doubt about that. But the point being, there's there's no reason. You know the players aren't coming. They've made that very clear. I, I I assume the rookies are going to show up, and I'll we'll see how the NFLPA handles that moving forward. Um, but uh, in in talking to the rookies this week, I get the sense they're planning on being there for a rookie camp. I would imagine. And I get why it is that that the 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 rest of the players would probably be understanding of the rookies wanting to get their feet wet in the NFL and not putting up a stink about it. Sure. And to the point, Lorenzo Alexander told us. Like we're not gonna flip out about the guys that this isn't like scabs, right? Right, yeah. that want to be there because maybe they were hurt or whatever the the deal is. We're not gonna flip out about that or or kick them out of the union or something along those lines. But it does seem like a really awkward bit that these guys can't just go into the building for the team that they work for and put in their workouts and still make their statement and say, hey, but we're not doing your voluntary OTAs. We're not doing that. We still want to work out. We right. still want to do some certain things. I it have would... exercised my right in this voluntary, the definition of voluntary, right. to not do this workout right here. Right. But I'm but still going. This to is still use my place facility. of employment, right. yeah. and I would like to think that you, you being you, you right. would understand that I'm going to be working out somewhere. Wouldn't you kind you... of rather me be here? Right. <laughs> I mean, like that's the. It, it's a. It's a really fine line, and I understand that I'm getting into like it's. It's more complicated than I want to paint it, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that complicated. It I just should think, be easy. I can't help but to think that it's the NFL sort of being like, oh, well, you're not going to be part of this. Well, then right, you're then not you going to be get allowed the, to but, be a... But that doesn't... I can't fathom that the coaches like that. I can't fathom that. If they accept... I'm sure the medical trainers don't either. I don't, and, you know, I don't know who likes that. I don't know who that's a win for. To, to do it that way. Local universities. Open up. I mean, I guess. I'm not, I'm not really sure how that works. Just open open it up. Open it up already and say, look, come on in. Do what you got to do. We get it. You're not participating in the voluntary part, portion of OTAs. I, you know, it's a bummer. We'd like to have you here, but we, we understand how this works. The word is voluntary. We're not going to freeze you out just because... You're not participating in that. It's a. It's not. It's not really germane to whether the Ravens are going to win a Super Bowl next season. It's just something that I happen to be aware of, and and it it really confu- I'm like, really, they gotta go. They gotta go there to get workouts in. That seems way over the top. Way over the top. And and players doing it together, right? Sure. Like that's the other part of it is these guys are trying to do it together. They want to be involved well, with each other <laughs> and be a team. Right. Maybe allow them to be the a team. At the place where they're a team. Novel concept. Just a crazy idea. So anyway, back to Deal Hall. Um, he, is there, is he there was something significant a, coming here? He, he hit 100 plus, okay. apparently. Yeah. He like was in the same place that Matt Harvey was working. To sort Grayson of Rodriguez was firing last night in one Aberdeen. One, right? yes. um, and reshaped his curveball. His curveball was his main off-speed pitch after he was drafted, and it was like the best curveball in the draft, apparently. Somewhere along the lines, his curveball and his slider sort of melded together to okay. have not much differentiation. So he focused... On he like adjusted his grip of the curveball to get on top of it a little more, and the slider to get sweeping more. Right. Okay. The results are he was like apparently just dominant at the alternate league last year, and like you know was oh. had a chance to work through it and actually refine and get his command right. That was the main focus of all of this. It wasn't just trying to get an uptick and like stuff. The command was his main focus, and he was like super. He called himself the new DL, which you know 
Hope so. I mean, it looked great last night. I mean, night. yeah, I, I hope that's the case. Obviously, one, 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 one right? four-inning performance does right. not a, um, a sure. statement really make, but I mean, he yes, was it's encouraging. Yes. There's no doubt about that. No so doubt. let's hope that continues. All right, the scenarios oh, are— Gunnar Henderson homered in his first. I, very cool, very cool. Is it cool, Glenn? It's it is. It's very cool. I agree. The scenarios are—what <laughs> do you say here? I mean, it, it's neat. It's neat. That's what I got for you. I just wanted you. to tell you the info. Thank you. Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Number one, would you rather the Orioles actually manage to hang around 500, like they were a Counting Crows song, hmm. until August and everything after. See what I did there? And while they don't add anyone, they also don't trade anyone away either. So just stand pat, hanging around 500 until into August, if not after that. Or, no, that sounds like fun, but it's just not helpful in any way. Number two, Mark Cuban has decided today to invest $25,000 in any business concept you may have. It's got to be real. It can't just be, uh, well, I'm going to call it the... uh the the Kyle Ottenheimer Corporation, and then you just you know keep it's it for yourself. The people, it's the right. It's people, <laughs> yeah. It's peop- the the people fund, right? People fund, the yeah. people fund. It's not going to be that. We're not doing a people fund. You got to actually have a business idea. Mark Cuban's going to invest twenty five thousand dollars in it today. People helping people. Or yeah, cr- I get it. I get it. That's not what we're doing here. Or holy shirts and pants. Thank you. Or you get a call, and it's from the secretary for Melinda Gates saying she'd like you to meet her for dinner tonight. Or it could be Bill, if you so prefer. I, I need you to repeat the first one here again. $25,000. To a, to a, yes. For a business idea. Okay. Invested by Mark Cuban. Okay. Today. Not a, by the way, some people are already struggling with this. You're not partners. And you're not allowed to get more. Like twenty five nope. is where it's cut off. It's $25,000. Yeah, one time you. today from Mark Cuban, uh-huh. and then he's gone. He's gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a, I hear you. the old angel investment, if you I will. Hear you, Glenn. That's the way it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. dinner tonight with Melinda Gates. <laughs> All right? Yeah. Number three. But is she like, is she like, we'll talk about it. Okay, we'll talk about it. I got a lot of thoughts always, on this one. Always like when we go this route. You're welcome. Number three, would you rather, you're the Cleveland Browns. I'm so sorry. We've been great lately, Glenn. I don't know if you heard. We won 16 games that one year. No, that never happened. Mm-hmm. Would you rather they trade Baker Mayfield to the Broncos and then acquire Aaron Rodgers with the trades no. roughly evening out? No. No, you are the Cleveland yeah, Browns I don't now. want that. I understand, but you Have are you the Cleveland. Baker, you are. The grit. I No, stop that. <laughs> or yeah. now you just got to stick it out with your guy. <clears throat> Odd conversation. There's, there's things we haven't really spent a lot of time covering. Like we didn't get to talk about my my national radio appearance in the UK again over the weekend. What are they doing? It's it's is I it am BBC. A, it's not BBC. It's LBC. So the competitor to BBC. No, the LBC is like the talk version. Long, Long Beach College. B- BBC is more news. LBC is more talk. Um, With so much drama in the LBC. Yes, but this is a different one. This is leading <laughs> leading like, Britain's conversation. Yes, you're thinking of uh, no, long, I know. The LBC is just Long Beach, California, well, though. That's not, they're not specifically re- right. referring to a college. But I'm thinking of gin and juice. I want to be clear. That's correct. That is the song. Yeah. You've nailed that. Yeah. That's not where I was, though. I was not on in Long Beach. I make, I make appearances in the UK as an American sports correspondent. Sure, I'm I'm fine with it. They ask, I say yes. I uh, did a whole segment the other day. Like, do you think they just close their eyes and and never like this guy? Uh I the How story was the sto- it started with something I did for the NFL Network. 
because of our buddy Greg Rosenthal. Okay. And the producer of this show saw me on this thing that I did with the NFL and was like, I like this guy, and asked me if I would be willing to make periodic appearances as an American sports correspondent. Yeah. On on this national talk show in in Britain, and I was just like, <laughs> like yeah. I was like, I guess, yeah, like, sure. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you I know more than I know. So I get the call on Sunday. They're like, Hey, could you come on tonight to talk about the Manchester? So tonight is the morning for them, right? Yes, this was a, it was the morning. Sh- Six I did hours, right? Five hours, I believe. Okay. So I, I believe it was a five thirty a.m. Um, appearance in Britain. Nice. And they the the que- they said we'd like you to come on to talk about the Manchester United situation today. And I said I I'm aware of it. I I know what happened. <laughs> I understand. Oh uh, yes. But S- soccer. But but I'm not you know I'm right. not. And they they said no 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 like we want to get like what what's the As an re- American perspective? What's the what reaction? Do you think and what's the reaction it, right? of how what's this it, looks? How's it resonate? And I was like all right I can do that. That's no problem. And then it was really more about. Like, the host really turned it into, why are all soccer fans violent hooligans? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, well, this whoa. Again, not my expertise. Right. What, what happened here? He was like, why are they more violent than, say, rugby or cricket fans? And I was just like, I don't know that I was the guy. Like, that was well, the only part of the conversation where see. I thought. So, so I United. Yeah. Fewer right. protests. I posted about it. <laughs> And, and I got messages from soccer fans in my life like, is this a bit? Brian Powell was like, is this I a bit? I did see that. Um, and I was like, no, it was just a segment. And then they were like, oh, well, you actually did a good job. I'm like, well, yeah, like I can do this. Like, Believe it or not, that's what I do for a living. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. We didn't get a chance to talk about the Graham and Sam show. I did my, listen to that. My sons recorded it. i got to say the chemistry there. It's not It's not fully there yet, but this was episode one. Keep in mind. you got to remind one. Graham yeah. to not always talk. Right. Now, that's a problem. That's <laughs> definitely – and that's not just when he's doing a show. <laughs> it's a problem at all times. At all times. He'll be he'll be meandering about something, and Sammy will be like, Dad. And Graham will be like, Sam, I'm talking. Yeah, I know. It, like, it did seem to be a thing where it was like buddy. he wanted to talk more when Sam was talking. Yes, very much so. That is very <laughs> accurate. That's when he prefers to talk. Uh, will there be another one? We'll find out. <laughs> I came in here. I had a little work that I had to do over the weekend, and so I brought the boys with me. And when they got here, they first were playing cornhole out in the uh, office. How they look? Uh, they got got a ways to go. <laughs> got a ways to go. I don't think we're going to be taking them out to Tucker Fest on June 27th to compete in the cornhole tournament. Um, but uh, but then they saw the microphones and the head. They were like, "We want to do a show." I was like, "All right, guys, we'll give it a shot." It's available right now. I linked it up on my uh, t- on my Twitter and my Instagram and my Facebook yesterday. Fun. So if you want to check it out, you can. Um, I'll try to, to share it again at some point today. All right. Jake Funk's going to join us in a second. Let's try to go through responses to number one at least. Numero uno, would you rather the Orioles hang around 500 into August and everything after? I can't, I can't help it. I'm doing a Counting Crows thing today. Would you rather the Orioles hang around 500? Of course, in everyone knows Cinco de Mayo, County yeah, Crows. It, well, I mean, I've always associated Cinco de Mayo with the County Crows. Just a, a quick reminder: Cinco de Mayo is so much better yeah. than St. Patrick's Day. It's well, the it's the best. It I is mean, I the don't best. Really. It was never. I was never one to get. I mean, St. Patrick's Day was always a weekend thing, so it's easier. It felt like to get ramped up for it. Let's put it that way. Cinco de Mayo was just a random thought. Like, I'm not just going to go out on a Tuesday night. Well, you know, you can. It's an option, and the food's better, and the music's better. No offense, all of it, all of it's better. All of it is better. Okay. Anyway, moral of the story being, P500, 
don't acquire anyone, but also don't trade anyone away. Hold on to your pieces. Or, no, that's not good for anybody. They need to fall apart before then. So tricky. So tricky, Glenn. So tricky. Mm. I mean, I don't know. Could they be 500 without it being on the backs of guys that you'd hope are, are, are part of, could be part of the future? I mean, look, you got Harvey, who. Harvey's the needs one that stands traded, out the right? most. Like, yes. that, like, why would you if, ever not if, trade if him? If he's. Correct. Yes. There's no reason ever to not trade Matt. But Harvey, they could also continue well. to get contributions from the Freddie Galvises of the world, the Rio but Freddie Ruizes. Freddie Galvis is never going to get you anything of substance, realistically. He's not even going to get you a high upside flyer. Like, he's going to get no. you filler for your system. Correct. And that's cool. You'll take it, but it's not something you lose sleep over. But the Matt Harvey's, where you could, in theory, get somebody that could be a lottery ticket. Well, the question also being if John Means of course, continues John means, to pitch lights out, is this the sure, most value you'd ever have for Absolutely. him in a trade? And then Absolutely. if you don't make it, are you I, going to regret yeah. that? But the John Means thing, it's not as if he couldn't have value for five more years as a patron in the major leagues. Not saying he couldn't, but right. there's also a possibility it. it's a risk. That, He's at potentially right. pitching at his best he will ever pitch right now. Correct. Sure. Ultimately, I'm siding I, with the latter scenario. I, the 500 baseball thing doesn't do a whole lot for me. While I really do like Cedric Mullins, I really do root for Ryan Mountcastle, um, all of it. Dean Kramer, it is still sort of an abstract root, right? Like, I am rooting in a man I kind of don't want to get too attached sort of way. And that's weird. Mm -hmm. So it's not the same as it would have been in a random, you know, 2012 when I was like, wow, could it like could this actually be a th- like I don't think this is a team that could actually go and surprise as currently constructed right. as a playoff team this year or next. Well, this would be a step that would be like, here we are, like right. now this is legit. Right. I just don't see the it. The pieces aren't there. Right. Yeah. I just don't see it. I but but at the end of the day, like you still need to get a little bit more talent. So I will take the path as currently stated and hope that it's not derailing the careers of some people we're hoping All right. will be a part of it. Some responses from Paul Novilando. As much as I'm dying to see the Orioles relevant again, I have to opt for it not being helpful. Sooner see them t- take a leap next season and strengthen the farm system with top 10 talent from another draft. Uh, Nick Kelly goes fully in on my Counting Crows bit. Thank you, Nick Kelly. Round here, I think that's fun but not helpful in any way. It will only lead to a long December with no reason to believe Maybe this year will be better than the last. Thank you. By the way, it's uh, raining in Baltimore. Well done. Well done, Nick Kelly. Uh, From uh, John Proctor, not helpful. Counting crows suck. Oh, go go F yourself, John Proctor. What the hell do you know about anything? Uh, Gary, however, says, yes, 500 or better sounds great, and we have a really good farm system coming along. Continue to get me your sponsors. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Today's show brought to you by Mobile One. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Our next guest heard his name called in the seventh round on Sunday. A man who's been through a lot in uh, not just his, his football life, but his life in general, and has certainly been overlooked because of it. This is a tweet that he sent out over the weekend. Two-star recruit, position battles, two ACL surgeries, a COVID season, four career starts, no senior bowl invite or interest, no combine, in, combine invite, labeled as too slow or just a fullback. And now he's an NFL player. He was selected by the, the Los Angeles Rams 
running back out of Maryland by way of Damascus. It's a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mr. Jake Funk, who joins us now here on GCR. Jake, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you again, man. Congratulations to you, and thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you so much, and thank you guys for having me. Absolutely, dude. Jake, can you – I guess let me, let me go start here. Did you know when, – when you guys were gathered on Saturday – was there a real risk that you were getting people together and, like, this was not going to go your way and there was going to be disappointment and it was going to be a long day? Or did you have any reason that you heard from someone to think, yeah, I got a pretty good chance of hearing my name called today? Um, so, obviously, there was the risk of being a day three pick and it not going your way. Um, but if I'm being honest, I was so confident that I put the best resume that I could put forward to these NFL teams um, where I was so confident that I was going to get my name called me hmm. and uh, my agent put together a great plan and we were very confident. So um, yeah, there was that risk that, you know, you had all these people here and you weren't going to get drafted. But at the end of the day, even if I went undrafted and signed, it's still a huge accomplishment for me because, you know, with everything that I went through getting to this point alone, whether I was drafted or not um, is still you know, the accomplishment I, itself is amazing. I No doubt about that. No doubt. Too bad you got to go to L.A., though, you know? Yeah, just an awful place to have to be, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Jake, the moment. Um, you know, what goes through, you know, I, I think that tweet sort of describes a lot of it, but what, what, what is what is that moment like to get that call, even though you're not, like, the number two overall pick in the draft, but to know that, that all that work that you're talking about panned out that a team said yes this this is our guy we want him specifically what is that moment like um I mean it was so special man it's something I can't even really put into words um it you know being surrounded by your family and your friends your very close friends who all supported you through um the darkest days I mean it it, it was just something really special I mean um not a lot of people um, were, you know, there for me, but the ones that were, um, the ones that continue to push me to be the best that I version of myself that I can be and continue to give me hope. Um, it, it was, you know, just something that just being surrounded by those people and seeing my name on the TV. Um, it's something that I'll cherish forever. Jake, was there ever a point, you know, we reference all these things that you've been through. Was there ever a point that, that you doubted it, that you said, Man, I, you know, football just might not end up being for me. And, I, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be able to do a lot of great things, but this NFL dream just might not. Was there ever a point where you weren't certain that it was going to work out for you to make the NFL? I mean, obviously you have that in the back of your head. But for me, I mean, seeing all the guys that I competed with um, go to the next level, Ty Johnson, mm-hmm. Anthony McFarlane, Javon Lee, Trey Edmonds, seeing all these guys that I competed with day in and day out gave me hope. It, it, it assured me that I was good enough. And then on top of that, Ty is like my really good friend. And Ty would tell me that I, I was good enough the whole entire time. Wow. He was like, I've been in your room with you and I've been in NFL rooms and you are good enough to be an NFL running back. Wow. So that itself gave me hope, but it, you know, you still have it in the back of your head that like, you know, you're putting in all this work and all this time and it could not work out. You just don't know. Um, but it is what it is and it worked out the way it did. And I'm, you know, extremely thankful and extremely blessed, um, that it did. That's incredible. Jake Funk is with us here on Glenn Clark radio. 
Jake, you know, in, in listing off all the things that you've been through, obviously it was a tumultuous time to be at Maryland as well, right? Like you went through a lot even just within the program over the last few years. How did all of it, the stuff you were going through, the stuff the program went through, how did all of it sharpen you for what you're going to go through now, which is, all right, you heard your name called, but there's still a fight to make a roster. There's still a fight to get playing time to prove that you belong, even though the Rams have said, yes, this is a guy that we want on our team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all of it just, you know, sharpened me as a person from um, my on-the-field habits to my off-the-field habits. I mean, I can tell you right now, being in a running back room with four other running backs yeah. who are currently in the NFL. That picture is amazing, by the way. And, that's that's, that's you such know, a yeah. Payon Fleet Davis, who I think is going to be, you know, the next one in line. It, it prepares you so much for the NFL because I've been in an NFL running back room since I was 18 years old. Wow. It's well said. So, um, really, I mean, I, you know, I've been pre- slowly for the last five years just preparing and preparing for this, whether I saw it at the moment or not. I mean, it's 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 a remarkable way of saying it. And that's what an iconic picture that is of all you guys together that's been floating around on social media this week. I mean, it's it's really incredible um, that that all of you. And it's funny because I feel like every time we talk to one of you guys, it, it would have been easy for like people to be scared of the competition, right? Or for anybody to say, "We want out. We don't want to be here." But you guys all stuck it out, and 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 I don't know if waited your turn, but you battled through the competition. What was it about that group of guys that nobody said, no, nah, i got to go somewhere else. I'm willing to be here despite the fact that I know there's a bunch of other running backs here and it might limit my opportunities. Yeah, I, I really I couldn't tell you. Um, I mean, it was something we, I mean, we all talked about it um, at one point or another where it all just like everybody at one point was you know, debating on transferring because we had so many deep running back we had such a deep running back room where nobody was given a feature back role we were always in rotation and really like you know guys just you know took advantage of every single opportunity that's given and you know guys like me and Payon Fleet Davis just had to wait our turn um and I'm I'm so excited for Fleet um this coming years because he's gonna you know he has he's waited five years to get his shot just like i had to wait five years to get mine hmm. but it's the way things work and you know we cut the the one thing we did in that running back room is we cheered each other on um we are a very tight-knit group and i mean it, it was um it's something that i you know chair will cherish just because i'm able to you know share this kind of moment with those guys and watch each other succeed when we were all in the same room together. Jake, so, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, it's, it's amazing, and I, I, I'm very blessed that it, you know, I was in that running back room because I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for that. Jake, you, I mean, have you thought about a, a, a kid from Damascus? Like, have you thought about what this means? Let, let's, be, let's be fair, a, a white running back, right? Like, it is, it's, it's part of the story. Have you thought about what this means um, to a group of people that, that maybe are, 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 have their own dreams but don't know if their dreams are really like possible. Just don't know um, if it's something that you can can actually do, or if uh, I'm too small, I'm too, you know, I'm I'm not in a place where people are going to see me. Have you thought about what this means to a group of kids from a part of our state that that maybe I don't know have have believed that maybe it could be possible, but had never seen anything that made them know it could be. Yeah, I mean, it means it means a lot, man. I mean, I was the first guy from my high school to ever get drafted 
Um, I come from a really small town in Maryland, and I mean, you know, I I really just hope that my story can bring some kind of hope and inspiration to some kid out there who is in the same boat, um, just, you know, underappreciated, undervalued, and somebody who is doubted throughout their way. But, I mean, I really hope my story can can give them a little inspiration that if they're willing to sacrifice and they're willing to stay consistent for years and years and years, no matter what people say about them and no matter what your, your close friends, some of them say about you behind your back, that you're able to, you know, to do what, what you want to do in life, um, regardless if that's football or anything else, that if you've really put your mind to it and you sacrifice, um, anything's possible. Jake, you, you know, it's going to be difficult to get like 20 carries a game right now in, in L.A. Have you had conversations and do you get a sense for, you know, what, what it is that, that the Rams specifically were looking for you in terms of being a special teams guy and, and what all you can bring to the table, why you try to work your way up the depth chart? Yeah, I mean, so they have a uh, pretty loaded running back room, obviously, which Again, like we talked about earlier, I am not, a, you know, a stranger to. Right. Um, but, I mean, talking to their coaching staff initially, um, definitely special teams is going to be something that is um, pretty, you know, huge for me in terms of, you know, how I'm going to get on the field. Um, and then everything else after that from the offensive contribution point of view um, is going to be based on what I earn. I mean, I have to go in there and compete, the competitor in me. Um, is going to compete with those guys who, and, you know, try to earn everything that, you know, I get on offense. Um, because I mean, and I'm not a stranger to it cause I had to do that my whole entire college career. So I, I'm just excited to get in there, get to work and, you know, help this organization win a championship. And, and, and what it means to, for the school to, you know, this, you got, you were the only one this year and I, I'm sure you would say there are other guys who deserved, uh, to hear their names called as well. And we know a few of them that have already signed post the draft, but, for what it means for Maryland and sort of carrying this, that you, you can live out your dreams and choose, you can stay home, choose Maryland, and still live out your dreams, the significance of that moving forward for you, Jake. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's huge. I mean, if, if you, know, you want me to help recruiting for Maryland, I mean, you go look at the just the running backs in general at Maryland that have been drafted. We've had three running backs drafted in the last three years, um, and the, the amount of guys that have NFL exposure coming out of uh, Maryland is huge. We've had two first-round draft picks in the last five years. I mean, we've had a plethora of guys who get signed, get drafted. I mean, there is so much talent at the University of Maryland. And, you know, the NFL exposure piece of it will come as long as, you know, the, you continue to, you know, sharpen your, the, your skills and you develop through college. You will get looked at it at Maryland. And then, obviously, as the program is on the rise and continuing to win more, the, the NFL exposure will only get better. I've heard the wide receivers there have been pretty good. I've heard I've heard a thing or two that like there might be a, a couple of wide receivers out of Maryland that are kind of yeah. Decent. That room, uh, I would say, if I have to look at their team this year, I would say the wide receiver room is probably the most talented room from top to bottom. It's not bad. Um, Jay Sean, Rakim, and uh, Cobbs. I mean, like it is. It is. There's a lot there, man. There's a lot. Yeah, of there is. That's another room where, like, kind of how our running back room was a couple years ago. That's kind of the 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 how I kind of relate it to. Yeah, is that you got guys from number one all the way down to what number five, six, seven that are all ball players That's that great. will all go out and just make plays whenever they're given the opportunity. 
and guys that just love to compete. So I'm very curious um, to see how all of that plays out this year and see, you know, who from that room steps up big. Jake, before I let you go, give me a thought about, you know, what you saw from Talia last season and, and you guys, you know, you had some moments, right? Like you, you did, you went to Penn state and you won, you won that thriller against Minnesota. Um, how close with, with what Mike, Mike, Mike Loxley's vision has been, how close you think this program is to being ready to compete. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying necessarily ready to take down Ohio state and with the Bing 10 or something like that just yet, but how close they are to being ready to really be compelling and interesting throughout the course of the season. I mean, I'll start with Talia. I mean, he is a, a natural born leader. Um, that's the biggest thing that I can say about him. Um, he came in to our program last year and um, was able to get, rally guys around him, was able to help guys um, become better football players by their off the field habits. Um, and then, you know, he's a guy who's very critical and accountable to uh, about with himself. So he, he takes a lot of pride in the way he plays and the way he performs. And it's something that I think a lot of the guys on the team feed off of. And, you know, I, I respected him so much when he came in, um, obviously has a big last name, but came in and just worked like everybody else had, you know, no ego to him and was, you know, came in as just one of the guys. And, uh, you know, he's somebody that I'm so excited for because, in my, in my opinion, he's the best quarterback in the Big Ten. And, and I will, you know, put my stamp on that. Um, but with the program itself, I just think, you know, Coach Loxley is doing a great job at not only bringing in great talent but changing the culture of the program. Um, I think he's, he's bringing in guys who, who love the game, who, who really, you know, want to play. And he's bringing in a bunch of guys who – are so invested into playing in the NFL, like that they are willing to sacrifice and they're willing to put the extra time and the extra effort in to be great. Um, so I, I think, you know, the program is going in the right direction and I'm so excited to see what they do this year. And that's part of the reason why it was so hard for me to leave um, because you, I saw it happening and um you know, I, I think they're going to be amazing this year. I love that. I love that, man. Jake, we are we are so happy for you. Uh, at JakeFunk34 on Twitter is how people follow you. And then what about on Instagram, where are people following you there? S- same thing, same. at JakeFunk34. Dude, congratulations. Um, it's an awesome story, man. It's it's an incredible lesson about perseverance. And, and now, obviously, I know you're still just writing it, right? There's a long way to go. Exactly. But, it's just another chapter. No doubt. But for everything so far, man, congratulations. An awesome moment. Looking forward to seeing what you can do out there, man. Thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Thank you guys so much for having me. Jake Funk, former Terp, and um, really, truly a, a remarkable story. He's a read off everything that he has been through um, to get to this point. And again, he's got, he still has work to do, of course. Like, this doesn't guarantee anything. Just hearing your name called during the course of the draft. Plenty of guys that were draft picks have... Sure. Not been able to stick it out. Plenty of guys who were not drafted have had great careers. I mean, it's that's the way it goes. But still really a testament to uh, perseverance and okay. to uh, belief in yourself that uh, Jake Funk heard his name called. Um, from This is from Dan. I just want to cover it really quickly before we grab a break. Dan said, Glenn, heard your conversation about Villanueva yesterday. I understand what you're trying to say, but what do you make of the fact that he was actually graded just as well as Orlando Brown was a season ago? It is isn't he? Oh, is that something you pulled up? Yeah. I, I've had a bunch of people throw that around. I mean, I, I, I'm going to try to cover this as nicely as I can. 
he wasn't graded on a curve. He wasn't graded based on what his team was doing. But neither of these guys were. So the notion that this is... The the problem is less about whether Alejandro Villanueva is is capable of playing football. The, The reason why it hasn't made sense, and particularly in talking to the people in Pittsburgh, few of whom I could tell you, a few of whom I couldn't, is that they what they do is different. Mm-hmm. And and PFF specific, first of all, the notion that we create we make PF grades, PFF grades Bible, as I've said a million times, even when I reference them, the first thing I do is it's so silly that we have decided that this is biblical when we know what the system is that they use to grade. But I get it. We're looking for something because we don't have statistics with offensive linemen to be able to fall back on. They're not saying well, this is the system that they run, so you could pick this guy up and, and, and play here, and it would work. The system is why this is confusing. Alejandro Villanueva's weaknesses would presumably be the things that wouldn't work in Baltimore, which, again, doesn't mean they won't. Doesn't mean the Ravens don't know something specific about Alejandro Villanueva or haven't figured out, hey, with Zeitler next to him, we think that we can cover for some of that or that his deficiencies are far more highlighted in the Steelers offense of dropping back often than they would be in ours where more often than not he's moving forward perhaps I mean perhaps but again his strength has been pass protection sure not pushing forward but I mean look I don't Without I'm, myself having watched every Steelers game, no. analyzing Alejandro Villanueva in the past I'm, few I'm years. I am basing everything that I'm telling you off of what I have been told right. directly by people in Pittsburgh. In, in, and not, I'm not talking about fans. Sure. I'm talking about two of whom are scouts. The and you heard, you heard Matt Williamson on the show talking about it. Yes. And I talked to a player. No, he, I'm not going to tell you. You know, I'm not going to give you any more than that. Pittsburgh. I talked to a player. And none of them, all of them, to a man said, I have no idea what the Ravens are doing. Now, for what it's worth, I once upon a time talked to a, a current NFL head coach mm-hmm. at the time, maybe still current, I can't, I'm not, I'm not giving you anything more than that, about the Ravens drafting Lamar Jackson. Sure. And I got a laugh. I got a, Glenn, nobody in the league understands what's going on. We wouldn't have taken this guy in the third round. And... They were wrong. So people can be plenty wrong. My reaction is intelligent people I've talked about this with say this makes no sense. And because I don't have the same level of intelligence to discuss Alejandro Villanueva, I, that carries something with me. But it doesn't make me think I know more than the Ravens. It doesn't mean it won't work. doesn't mean it won't work. It also doesn't mean the Ravens are impervious to making mistakes. Or that they're 100% committed to this. Any of those things. So we'll see. We'll see. All right, we'll get a break here. When we come back in, Patrick Stevens is going to join us. We'll start getting ready for Selection Sunday coming up this week. Today's show brought to you by Window Nation. I need you to listen to me when I say these things to you. I'm Glenn Clark for Window Nation. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows. Start with that, 50% off all styles. Plus, no money down, no payments, and no interest for 24 months, two full years. 
866-90NATION, windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. It's Glenn Clark Radio from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Guys, we're almost there. As a lot of people have said, we are at the 10-yard line, but the COVID-19 pandemic is not quite over so we need to continue to be vigilant do the right things including wearing our masks and if we're gonna wear them why wouldn't we wear masks that represent our favorite teams and players home team masks available right now pressboxonline.com slash masks we got a purple and orange state flag neck gator for you as well as the celebrate 8 mvp neck gator and an over the ear faded distress state flag and traditional colors mask they're available pressboxonline.com slash masks let's get this over with wear our masks home team masks Baseball is back in full in 2021, and the bat around has got you covered from bell to bell. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and you can catch me along with my co-host, Zach Goodman, every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 on the bat around right here at Press Box Sports. We'll break down every win, every loss, and everything in between, plus tell you who we take to rake each week as the Orioles look to get back in the hunt and bring competitive baseball back to Baltimore. Catch us at PressBoxOnline.com slash TheBatAround or at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. That's the bat around every Saturday morning from 10 to 12 right here at Press Box sports. It takes time to get rich, flavorful coffee beans from the lush mountain regions of Colombia and Brazil to Royal Farms. But less than a minute to get yourself a delicious hot cup of the finest and freshest coffee in the world. Because Royal Farms' new Swiss-made coffee machines grind those rich, flavorful coffee beans and brew them one magnificent cup at a time. It's why Royal Farms makes the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. 
This is GlennClarkRadio.com. Nothing but net. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. It's Wednesday. Let's talk some college sports. Joining us now, U.S. Lacrosse Magazine, The Washington Post, at Discourse on Twitter. He's our friend Patrick Stevens, and he's with us on GCR. Patrick, good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well, Glenn. How are you? I'm well. Is there anything basketball-wise that happened this week that I might have missed, or can we just jump right into talking about selection? Let's just jump into lacrosse. Wonderful. I think think it's May, right? Yes, correct. That's what I was thinking myself. All right. Um, I saw you yesterday at Loyola. Obviously, quite the emphatic performance from the Greyhounds, starting at the uh, face-off dot with Bailey Savio being utterly dominant. The reality for Loyola now going into the weekend is what? Well, I think that Loyola is going to have to at least beat Army on Friday in the Patriot League semifinals to find itself in the mix uh, for an at-large spot. Um, I think there's probably some sort of combination of results uh, that could get them an at-large if they don't win the Patriot League. For example, if, say, Rutgers were to lose to Johns Hopkins, uh, if, if, if that, that's certainly prime on the list uh, in terms of opening things up. If Syracuse lost to Robert Morris, maybe. But I think Syracuse, despite the, the four blowouts that it suffered, is probably going to get in based on the two, the two Virginia victories. So Loyola at least is going to be sitting there you know, maybe the last team out if it loses a Patriot League final. The the only safe way for them, I think, uh, is to go ahead and win twice in three days up in Bethlehem, PA, against Army, and then quite probably against Lehigh. Lehigh plays Colgate, a surprise winner in the other Patriot League quarterfinal. Uh, and those are both teams that Loyola has already lost to this season. Of course, they had lost the last time out against Navy and yep. put together, you know, a really impressive performance, uh, coming off what I thought was their most impressive performance of the season to date when they beat Georgetown. So we're kind of looking at a different sort of Loyola team right now, uh, and that can't make people like Army and and Lehigh feel very comfortable heading into that conference And and you're covering where I was going to go next, which is, you know, do do you buy into the idea that Loyola is in a better place to have a chance to beat these types of teams based on what you've seen from them for the last six quarters, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think first of all, if Bailey Savio is going to go win 75% of his faceoffs, that, that's going it helps. to help a ton. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's more likely to happen, no disrespect here to Army, right. but it's more likely to happen against Army than it is against Lehigh and Mike Sisselberg, yep. who's basically the best faceoff guy in the country. Yep. So, uh, you know, I, I think that's something that helps Loyola. I, I think they've just been a little crisper on offense. I mean, only 12 turnovers yesterday. They, they had some games earlier in the season where they were throwing the ball away a ton. Uh, you know, they got out in transition once or twice, not as much as Charlie Toomey would like, but they did it. They played pretty good man-down defense, especially early. They had those three penalties that they killed off, which I thought was kind of a, a an important part of that 5-0 first quarter. Uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're controlling the middle of the field better than they have over the course of the season. You know, Savio's been good pretty much all year, but some of those turnovers in the middle of the field basically just hand possession back, and, you know, what what good does it do you at that point? So, yeah, I, I don't know if Loyola is completely figured out, uh, but I think they're playing better than they have. I mean, they've won three in a row for the first time all season. You know, they got Evan James back after he missed uh, last week's game against Georgetown. 
Uh, Aiden Olmstead with five goals, which is something they really need. And you start seeing those midfield contributions. They, they, they haven't had that dominant midfield presence. No doubt. But if they get two from Dan Wigley and one from Seth Higgins and one from Peter Swindell and one from Riley C and one from Liam Bateman and one from Jack, I mean, you just, you just kind of add it up. It's like, oh, well, their, their midfield was actually quite productive, both the first and the second lines yesterday. So uh, I, I think Loyola, at the very least, has to feel good about itself Heading into this matchup, of course, things did not go well the first time against Army, nope. uh, and Olmstead is going to have to definitely be more effective for them. And through no fault of his own, I thought he fought really hard against Marcus Hudgens, but Hudgens is one of the best defensemen in the country, and he played like it when those teams met back on, I think it was April 10th. On the flip side, obviously, there, there's no path forward for Navy, but I, I think there, there is something to be said for the season that they had and, and the recruiting classes that Joe Amplo has put together, and, and it looks like they're going to be a threat in the Patriot League for a few years to come. Yeah, I think I think Navy's in a healthier spot than it's been in quite some time right now, and and you know I think they might take a step back last next year just because of all of the seniors that they have Reese at the defensive and, end of the Daniel, field. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you look at it's not just Reese; it's it's, it's you know Franchuk, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it's McKenna, uh, it's Jeff Darden, it's the short sticks. I mean, they're going to have to really rebuild that group, and, and having Jackson Bonnets is sort of a the, the cornerstone back there certainly helps. Uh, offensively, you know, almost all those midfielders are going to be back. I, I think they, we haven't seen much of Dane Swanson yet, uh, but there's a lot of promise from what we have seen. Uh, and, and overall, I mean, I, I think that between the, the coaching staff, you know, I, I thought that was one of the impressive things about them right from the shoot after Joe Amplo got hired. was got a really, really good coaching staff and Brad Ross and John Orson. Uh, but I, I think you know the direction things are headed. You know they beat Army. They they won at Loyola for the first time ever. Finished six and three in a year that got interrupted uh, by, by that uh, you know the, the movement restriction down in Annapolis. Uh, I think it's a definite step forward for Navy. You know Joe Amplo said after the game yesterday. You know they're not going to judge the season by by two hours where they didn't play particularly well and Loyola played great. Which, which echoed what he said when they beat Loyola, which was, you know, two hours that day wasn't necessarily going to mean that they had arrived. But I think in aggregate, uh, there's a lot to like about the direction that Navy's headed, and, and, and I agree with you. I think that, that they will be a factor in the Patriot League at the top of the Patriot League sooner rather than later. He is Patrick Stevens. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Patrick, um, again, we're working under the assumption for UMBC they're going to have to go win two games this weekend. You know, there, there's just no, there's no, there's no room right now for an at-large from the America East, it appears. No, but I'll tell you what, that has the chance to be a really fun tournament. Those are those are four pretty darn good teams uh, that have had all sorts of crazy results against each other. Uh, UMBC has beaten Stony Brook twice in overtime. Uh, but got run over in the fourth quarter up at Albany. Albany got swept by Vermont, which also beat Stony Brook, but Vermont lost to UMBC. Uh, Stony Brook handled Albany pretty easily in their regular season meeting. You know, there's a lot of interesting pieces uh, and a lot of interesting subplots on those teams. Vermont has never been to an NCAA tournament. Uh, Stony Brook, under uh, Anthony Gallardi in his second year, former Towson and Navy assistant, uh, has really done great work, not just with, with some of the guys that were in the program already, but they picked up a couple of transfers, including Dylan Palanetti, who has been a monster figure in the America East this season. Albany, obviously, the Dane train getting back on track a little bit after the last couple of years, but Tehoka, Nanticoke, the 
the name that everybody recognized was was dismissed from the program a couple weeks back, suspended, whatever. And then UNBC, which is still technically the defending America East uh, right, tournament right. champions, they won it back in 2019. Uh, you know, they've been uh, they've been the wizards of overtime, playing a ton of close games, uh, but have really done a good job, and they've got some things figured out. And obviously, you throw in the fact uh, uh, that they've got one of the best goalies that people don't talk that much about in, in Lingner. Uh, there's a there's a lot to like there as well. So I, I think that if you're if you're looking for a tournament that's going to be interesting, uh, I'm, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing those semifinals tomorrow. Uh, if, if only because it's really a jump ball between those four teams. And, and UMBC, of course, hosting the tournament, but only for uh, guests of the school. So not something that people can go out necessarily and, and just watch this weekend. Um, and then I, I, I guess let's have a quick conversation about Johns Hopkins only because they looked really good against Penn State, and that came on the heels of a really solid performance against Maryland. And I'm not trying to oversell and suggest that I think that they're ready to go win the Big Ten, but I, I, I don't know. Is there some world in which they are peaking at the right time and could make it interesting this weekend? It's... Well, I, I think, you know, you just alluded to it. I, I think they played two of their three best games their last two times out. Um, I, I think the, the, the other game that would be in that mix was their home game against Penn State. Uh, I think they didn't even give up a shot in the, in the third quarter of that game. Uh, but they played great uh, against, uh, against Penn State on the road uh, on Saturday. Uh, and, and they played really well against Maryland. They weren't, they weren't quite good enough to beat Maryland a couple weekends ago. But uh, there is, I think there is something to be said that this team that went 2-8 and eight in the regular season probably should have been better than that. And I think in a normal year, they probably would have been better than that for a couple reasons. One, there would have been some continuity and some right. work in the fall. And two, in a normal year, they're not playing five Big Ten games. They would have been able to go out of conference and, and, and pick up a, a couple more manageable games that way. But in any case, I, I do think that the, it's an interesting spot. And, and they face a Rutgers team that has a ton to play for right now uh, and has found itself squeezed out of the tournament, I think, in 16, 17, and 18 uh, you know, just sort of wrenching fashion for the Scarlet Knights who haven't been to the tournament since 2004. I think Rutgers will probably feel pretty good about itself if it can win one more game, uh, even though they really haven't beaten anybody of, of note when you think about it from a, a team assessment perspective from the, the way the, the selection committee would do it. So, you know, does Rutgers come out flying or does Rutgers come out holding their sticks a little tight. Uh, you, you don't know. I think that game's probably a little bit more about Rutgers than it is Hopkins. But I think Rutgers, or Hopkins, I should say, has a better shot to, to make a run at them than they did earlier in the season. All right. Anything else, storylines going into the selection show on Sunday night that we should be watching out for? Well, I mean, I, I think ultimately when we're looking for the, the at-large field, it, it, it's going to come down to, to really three leagues, the, the Big Ten, the Big East, and the Patriot League. And if we get a scenario where we see a Denver-Georgetown Big East final, a Maryland-Rutgers Big Ten final, and uh, an Army-Lehigh Patriot League final. I, I think we might know by Friday night yeah. what the at-large field really looks like. I mean, I think the one other league that's out there uh, that you could say, well, maybe you can make a case for a Drexel or a Delaware, whoever doesn't win the CAA, if, if one of those teams loses in the Colonial final. Um, but I don't know if they're going to match up quite as well. And you also have to factor in the idea that I think the the coach the coaching regional advisory committee is probably going to have a little more say uh, this year with uh, with the committee a little more sway uh, than it has in the past 
just because you can't really judge these numbers as effectively with the Big Ten playing in a closed circuit yeah, and some other tough. teams not playing much of a non-conference schedule. So, uh, But I think if, we, if those three, if we see chalk in those three leagues on, on Thursday and Friday, I, I think we're going to have a pretty good idea what the field looks like even before most of those title games are played. All right, let's play our game. Can Patrick Stevens name the MLB teams that this particular player played for? I got a tricky five-team one and an easier four-team one if if necessary. If he knocks out the five-team one, we might give him a, a trickier four-team one as well. Uh, five-team guy, once an all-star, uh, once finished in the top 30 of MVP voting. Who knew? <laughs> uh, two times led the league in wild pitches, by the way. Um, a, a significant name because of where he came from at the time that he signed. He is Jose Contreras, and he has five teams. Jose Contreras? I actually thought you would end up doing well with this for some specific reasons. Well, I'm going to assume that Contreras was both a Yankee and a White Sox, Of course. Right? Those, were the two, those were the two big ones. And I feel like he was a Philly for he, a it was uh, for three years, which I have so so few memories. I don't remember of. him being there for three right. years. Right now, just... admittedly, both of the other two stops were short. Two other Jose Contreras stops. Yikes! Um, God, I'm I'm, I'm going to struggle here. I thought you'd get one of them for some reason. One of them, I thought you would get. Was he in, was he in Cincy? Not Cincy, no. And was, I mean, was he in Pittsburgh? That's the one. I thought you would get that one. Okay. <laughs> he thought you would get I, Pittsburgh. I, I had this. I had this NL Central vibe here. Yeah. That, that I don't know why. That's I, where he was. I just had that feeling that you would you would get Pittsburgh. Uh, Colorado was the other stop. Okay. For Jose Contreras, and just for the fun of it, because I can only sit on this for so long. Uh, go ahead and tell me the four teams that Gary Carter played for. The four teams for Gary Carter are Montreal, the Mets the Dodgers, and San Francisco. There you go. I, I knew I knew we didn't have to mess around too much with that one, but I can only – there's only so many weeks that I can leave it there thinking that you might struggle on the first one, and then you do really well on the first one, and I put it away. So we'll just – we'll move on from Gary Carter then. Um, you're, are, are you going to get out at all this weekend? Yeah, I'm going to be over just catching the games. I'm going to try to drum up a feature idea, I think, off of this America East tournament. Uh, but I'm certainly planning to be there at least – for the first game tomorrow, you know, there's obviously a lot on TV as well. So it's kind of a tomorrow's actually sort of a, a, a lacrosse feast, if you will. You sure. got the, the you got the Big Ten Network with the two Big Ten semis. You've got the Big East tournament on CBS Sports Network. So you know, a lot of meaningful lacrosse in terms of sorting out the bracket uh, being played tomorrow. Uh, and obviously, like we said, the America East tournament as well starts tomorrow. Today, uh, Metro Atlantic, NEC. Uh, Southern Conference, all those sem semifinals in play. So a lot of a lot of things going on, but I, I will be over in Catonsville uh, to check out the Americans. At Discourse, D1S Course, that's how you follow him throughout the course of the weekend leading up to Sunday night. Patrick Stevens, always appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk tournament next Wednesday. Awesome. Thanks so much, Glenn. Patrick Stevens joining us as he does every week here on GCR. Our number one is in the books on this Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Um, remind I mentioned Tucker Fest earlier. I don't think my kids are going to be part of the, the cornhole tournament, but one day, one day they might be there. It's going to be an amazing day. We are so happy to be partnering up with Great Eights Memorabilia, who I believe just signed officially Dalen Hayes to an exclusive deal for events. Um, maybe I put the finishing touches on that when we were talking to him yesterday. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, Great Eights has a lot of incredible events, private signings, 
for the likes of John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden. I mentioned Tucker Fest. You can meet Justin Tucker um, at Jerry's Toyota on June 27th, plus the Cornhole Tournament, the Dunk Tank, live music throughout the day from Joey Harkham, Dave Teef, and more. And Baltimore Celeb Fest on May 15th, 50-plus professional wrestlers will be in Davidsonville for this awesome event, including the Grade 8 Stable, which features Matt Seidel, Brian Cage, and Lance Archer from AEW, the beautiful people, uh, Tessa Blanchard, Flip Gordon. It's an amazing opportunity for you to meet eight superstars, pictures and autographs all encompassing for just 200 bucks. Right now, great8smemorabilia.com, great8smemorabilia.com for you to get your tickets for those events and to find out more about what's going on with Great Eights. Great Eights, be great. We'll come back in. Drew Forrester joins us next. We're in the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio of Pressbox. It's Glenn Clark Radio. This is how you get a premium cup of coffee. Better and faster than the drip, drip, drip method. And way better than a large urn of lukewarm coffee made who knows when. At Royal Farms, our new Swiss-made coffee machines grind fresh premium beans on the spot and then brew them one cup at a time for the freshest, most flavorful cup of premium coffee you can buy. This is Royal Farms Coffee. It's better because it's the freshest coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. Glory Days Grill is celebrating their 25th anniversary this month, featuring their 12-ounce Silver Anniversary New York Strip Steak, the Smoky Thigh Wings, a Double Bacon and Cheddar Burger, the Strip Steak Sandwich, Barbecue Chicken Bowl, and their Silver Anniversary Turtle Cheesecake. Toast to 25 more years with Glory Days Grill's Silver Anniversary IPA, brewed by Virginia-based brewery Devil's Backbone, and take home a commemorative glass. Celebrate by entering any of their three contests online, win a trip to Devil's Backbone Brewing Company, free wings, or lots of other great prizes. Enter online at glorydaysgrill.com slash 25th anniversary. The 25th anniversary menu is available through June 20th. Come in for great food, good sports, and family fun. For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit DEIWC.com. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off 
every style window, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. Adam Cole. How are you guys doing today? Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Tweet us at Glenn Clark Radio. 21st Century Talk Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Back in here, hour number two of the program from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Chesapeake Employers Insurance is your workers' compensation insurance specialist. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the show brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. See there? Nope. Okay. Drew Forrester is about to join us here in one second. Maybe he's there now. Hello, Drew Forrester. Oh, yes. That's there, me. There he is. Hi. How are you? What's uh, what's going on with you? Um, humping away here on a Wednesday, you know. Who'd you, who'd you bet on in the Derby? Oh, uh, Hot Rod Charlie. Yeah. And so did I, actually, for what okay. it's worth. So did I. It's a heck of a race, man. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, that's. By the way, some of the people that I know in the the horse business are like that. That's 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 unhealthy. What the numbers were like? They were that. That's. It's almost frightening what the numbers were that they ran in that race. Yeah. No. It was a heck of a race. I. I, I mean, I. I. Th- I think the whole idea that the, that horse has never been passed is a pretty cool. You know that that is definitely something. You'll know right away, like the Preakness, if the horse is legit or not. If that happens again, right? That's the story. That could be the story of that horse's life. That that isn't that what happened to Ruffian? They said that Ruffian had never been behind a horse before, got behind that horse, and then it was just didn't know what to do. Right? Yeah. Right. I've never seen this before. What is this? Uh, this is a horse's ass. I've never seen right. this before. We are, right. Whereas I spent every morning with a horse's uh-huh. ass. You you can't set the joke up and then do the punchline. You set it up for me to deliver the punch. Oh, is that what it was? Is that yeah. I, I just wanted to step all over. I wanted to make sure I didn't give you that opportunity. But that was a pretty cool. Um, that was a great race. Uh, I mean, that I, I wrote a little bit the other day. Like, I don't feel like anyone cares about horse racing anymore, in general. But I, I think those kind of races could could it it, it doesn't. You don't have to really love horse racing. To watch well, that race and right. get excited about it, and right, and but but I think that it's been like that with horse racing for some time. Like nobody loves horse racing, but people are still invested in, even after seeing two winners recently, there's still an investment in. I'll watch this. This does still come off right. as an event. I'm still right. into it, and then if there's something compelling coming out of it, I'll watch the next one. And that was compelling enough that I would assume that people will be invested to watch the Preakness. Right. I went to a what what was loosely called a derby party. Oh, look at there you. There were there were eight, 
seven, eight, there were eight or nine, seven, eight, nine, somewhere between seven and nine families there, husband, wives, kids. Six of us watched the race. Okay. <laughs> Everyone else was like, yeah, scattered all over a guy's yard and in his house and up the street playing can jam or whatever it's right. called. And yeah. Like, six of us stood around and watched the race out of the 26 people who were there. I had, I, you know, it's funny. I had a, uh, a, a family get together with my father-in-law who recently got married. And so beforehand, uh, my, my wife and I stopped and had dinner at a place and she was very concerned that we be where we could see the TVs. She didn't want to watch the race on the phone. And we expected the entire place to, and there no investment at all, like no right. investment in the location where we were. Like people looked up at one point, but they were not invested in any way in making sure that they watched that race. On Saturday. I remember when American Pharaoh was running the final race, you know, was running the Belmont to win the Triple Crown. I was playing a golf tournament in New York, and we teed off at like one and finished at whatever six right time you got your clubs in the trunk and had a beer and got ready to leave i'm like we first bar we see we're stopping and we're walking in and i'm going to ask them to put on the belmont and we're on like route 30 over near lancaster somewhere and i go into this bar and i'm like excuse me and i look around and it was like that scene from the bronx tale i'm like um could you put that's funny really could you and I mean, because it, it was sort of kind of like a biker's bar. And I'm uh, like, okay, that's different. Only, yeah. That's I'm like different. the only guy in the bar. I'm like, can you put the Belmont on? And they're like, what is the Belmont? I'm like, uh, it's a horse race. And in six minutes, that horse is running for the triple right, crown. Right. Put it on. <laughs> and they put it on. See, I had the exact, I actually threw a party that day. Um, the, not, it didn't coincide with anything. And there were maybe 70 people packed into my little house. Like, Everybody that day was was panicked to watch that race. Despite so American Pharaoh won the first one, right? Yes, that was the yes, that was the first one of the two. Correct. Okay. Yep. So it was it was like pandemonium. What was the second one's name? Simplify. Or <laughs> so something? funny. Justify. Justify was the name of the second horse. Okay. Um, but I would I don't know that I would have known that at all times. There would be days where you would ask me that question again, and I would be like, I might have said simplify. Like, I knew it was if I of yep, some kind. Yeah. Justify was the other right, one. Right. Right. All right. Um, what do you think? What do you, you know? They 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 grab some players. I I don't really care. I I hate the draft grade concept is so insane to me. Like I, who I I can't judge what the Ravens didn't draft. What I can judge is where their roster now is as they try to go beat the best teams in the AFC. Now, where do you think the Ravens stack up? Well, I think it's stupid to rate the the drafts too. But here we go. I gave Atlanta an eighty one. <laughs> I gave Buffalo an eighty foot. No, um, mm, spent every morning with a horse's ass. I <laughs> um, look. I think that they did what they had to do. I, from what I heard, the guy they really wanted was the kid from USC, but they knew they weren't going to be able to get him. I the, think they the offensive lineman. You mean? Yeah, they would have moved up to twenty. 24 or 25 to get him, but they weren't moving up to 17 or 18. Um, well, they had to go up even further than that. I mean, he went. He well, went that's what I'm saying. Right. Like, they were prepared to go up that far. That's the kid they really wanted. And I think once he was gone, that this is the this was sort of the natural. If we can't get the one player we most covet, because it just doesn't work out. Then we're gonna, then you know, then we're gonna be happy with the number two guy, and the number two guy turned out to be the wide receiver. And look, we could do this all, we could keep doing this all we want. We all know what the truth is. 
He looks the part. He didn't have a great year last year. He had a really good year the year before. He dropped a lot of balls last year. But we all know this truth. We have no idea if this kid's going to pan out or not. He looks like he's going to pan out. It looks like it's the right pick. But I do think it was the right thing for them to do. they got to get better wide receivers. And as I wrote the other day, I also think this was a little bit of a nod to making sure that what happens in Green Bay doesn't happen in Baltimore. And that the quarterback doesn't say, dude, I'm just not going to keep doing this by or, myself. Or how about maybe, like, let's not have what happened the last time you had a quarterback happen well, that's fine. again. Right. Like, I, and, right. I, and by the way, I think that's relevant. Like, it's, and I, I, and I, it's insane that it doesn't get discussed when we talk about it. Like, th- they completely effed up when they decided to pay their last quarterback. If they're going to pay this one, you better decide it's because he's the guy that's going to win for you moving forward. And not, well, we're going to pay the quarterback, but then you know, be damned, we're going to go try to run the ball and play defense. If you're paying this quarterback, you better be determining that this is going to be the reason why you're winning. And if that's the case, you need to give him as best an opportunity as you can to win. Right. And I would agree with that. I mean, look, we've had this discussion a lot. They tried to give Joe some players. They didn't make very good selections on them. Um, and that is the ultimately what, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, Perryman was a dud. They thought they were giving Joe something of quality. It turns out they were wrong. And Eric, I understand why he said what he said. And I think it was in some way to publicly support the guys he currently has. And I also think he might have taken it personally as an insult that people were saying the wide receivers stink. But it is his job. And so if this Bateman kid turns out to be, I mean, Boykin, Boykin so far so far is a miss. Yep. I personally think Brown is a hit, but they have two players they selected two years ago that are a hit and a miss. You, I don't think you can be 50% when you're taking these kids in the first two or three rounds. Well, your, I, your average needs to be right. better. Than. I think you can be 50% if you keep taking them, right? But to your point about it, the cost is if you keep doing that, you're not getting other things that you need. Um, the Steelers, for what it's worth, are probably about 50%. And, and you're saying specifically to the first three rounds, so I would have to go right, broader. Correct. It, yeah, it's if you broader. Take a kid, yeah. I don't care who it is, by the way. Right. If you take a player in the first three rounds, and if you want to argue that it may make it the fourth round, right. if you take a kid in the first three rounds, yeah, you, need, you can't be hit and miss. Yeah, yeah, those guys need to be. And specifically as you're about to, to give your quarterback a boatload of money. You know, like right. specifically so, as we get to that point. So I think the Bateman thing to me was – it just made all it made all the sense to do it, and um, I, I, you know, the second round kid, I mean, the second pick kid, I, you know, you, I'll defer to them on that. Obviously, last year he his stats don't look all that. Didn't have a sack, know, right? I get it. Don't look yep. all that great, but yep. you also have to remember if you're watching the game film, he might have been. He might have been the guy who got the assist on eight sacks. And that's the understanding is that he was he was regularly double teamed a year ago. That he was the guy everybody focused on. I I don't know. I I mean I I I don't know. I have no reason to tell you that I I think it's a slam dunk, but I have no reason to say that I think it's a, a wasted pick either. I mean the guy hasn't played. Let's go find out. Right. It's, I mean yeah. so, uh, you know. And again, the rest of them. I've no, you know, the rest of them are the rest of them. Right. If it turn out, but I, I, I think broadly in looking at the roster, my issue is I, I, I am, I, I am befuddled by what they're doing with Alejandro Villanueva. I, I, it makes zero sense to me. Every conversation that I've had with anybody surrounding the Steelers, I, I have no clue 
what the thought process is and this being their answer. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to say I'm concerned about the Ravens' offensive line, which doesn't mean they won't end up figuring it out, or it doesn't mean that Villanueva won't end up working and Ben Cleveland's ready to play on day one or one of these other guys that we've been waiting on is ready to be the guy at left guard and Bradley Bozeman won't be a high-level center in the NFL. But in just looking at the totality of it, I don't know how today you wouldn't say I'm concerned about their offensive line until proven otherwise. Well, what's the story with Villanueva that you're – because he's just washed he's, up. Because and he's never been a good run blocker. He's right. just he's never been a good run blocker ever at any point in his career. He was never good at it. Um, right. He's he's kind of stiff. Um, and that doesn't again and combine that with the fact that he's getting older and didn't play particularly well a season ago, even what he was asked to do. I, yes, all of those things combined make me say I don't get this. This makes no sense to me. Um, as being your answer at right tackle. Now, it might end up being that he he's not really the, the answer at right tackle. He's an insurance policy, and Tyree Phillips, they think in their heart of hearts, is ready to be the guy. I don't know, but they paid him an amount of money that makes you think that they think he's the answer, and I that is that is very confusing to me. And keep in mind, we, we can do the bit where we say, hey, yeah, you know, the reason why he was available on May 3rd there are only a couple of teams that are playing the game that the Ravens are. There are a lot of teams that don't give a rat's ass about the compensatory pick formula whatsoever that all of them said, yeah, we're good. We don't, we don't, Alejandro Villanueva does nothing for us. So all of it really confuses me in this team, even in the short term, committing to this guy being their answer at right tackle. Well, I, I also think that, They've been really good over the years. That's how they got Willie Anderson. You know, they've been good over the years at waiting this thing out until August and seeing who gets dropped off and uh, who gets cut. And, you know, maybe maybe this is what they're going to do until August. They don't typically play dirty pool like that. Mm-hmm. They've already given, you know, they, they're not going to cut this kid in August, but maybe they're waiting until August to add one more one more veteran. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I just, I feel like this, this, in particular, having the right, and somebody would say the system sets up that you should be able to make guys work. I don't know, man. I just, it's. Well, just let Lamar, let Lamar block. Well, yeah, sure. Just go. Now, you got him a receiver. Now, can he go handle the blocking, right? Like, that should be. He's supposed to be really good. Let him block. This should be the way that it goes. What else is going on in your world? What else? What I mean, like, world, are, baby, I stayed up last night until the eighth inning to watch that fiasco. I made it. I made it to the seventh. It was such a boring game. It's th- this might be the most boring baseball game I've ever watched in my life, and I I couldn't bad. I couldn't take it anymore. And then of course a bunch of runs got scored as soon as I turned it off. I, you know, it's just so weird. I, and I I wonder this. I would like to know. I mean, I've been on the West Coast a lot in my life, but I've never. You know, I've never set up stakes out there. I mean, I was out there once for three weeks in the soccer business, but I, I, I have no recollection of if I watched baseball. But I wonder if they watch baseball out there so, on the East Coast and are as bored with it on the East Coast uh, as we are watching it here. I, I mean, obviously, I have a little more I have a little more to offer to this conversation from my time in Arizona. Um, now, part of this is different. If 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 let's just say I had been in Arizona in 2014 when the Orioles were good, I would have planned my day around watching baseball at four o'clock. Right. Right. But I, I'm talking more about the the 
I'm talking about when, sort the, of when the abstract Tuesday night game. Right, when they're playing, when the Diamondbacks were playing in Boston, right? Or, correct, wherever and, they and, were. And when you watch it at 4.15 out there, yep. is it boring or is it because here it's at 10.15 and we're ready for bed? Yeah, there's, it's more that, but I will tell you, they, nobody was planning their day around it. Nobody was, I've okay. got to make sure I'm home to watch the Diamondbacks because they're playing at 4 o'clock today. There was, there was none of that, and – um, like, in fact, there was, there was an excitement because we didn't, we were the station that didn't have the Diamondbacks. There was great excitement on days. The Diamondbacks were playing in the East coast because our afternoon show was going to do very well because nobody was all that concerned about listening to the baseball game. And all the listeners were coming over to us that day. Like right. I mean, that, it was great excitement right. about it. But when you watched like last in my lifetime, when you watch these games on a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday night from Oakland or Seattle, or L.A., no one – it feels like no one's there. The games sound weird. They all look darker. Like, it's just something about – it's always been that way. Like, you just – and I guess it's because it's 11.45, and you're like, why am I watching this game in the middle of May? That doesn't matter at all. No, I get it. I mean, I but look, you know, I'm trying to think. If it was, if it was August – the year the Orioles played, was it 2012 when they played the Seattle game that went on until 4 in the morning or whatever? And it was later in the season, and the Orioles were competing. And it seemed like, other than you, because you probably had a morning show to do, everybody else in town stayed up all night to watch that game because it mattered and it was relevant. And maybe if they were playing a Mariners team that had Ken Griffey Jr. or Ichiro or Randy, you know, like maybe if it felt like the Mariners mattered, it might not. It's it's it is way easier what you're talking about. It just feels boring. The broadcasters aren't there. I I I have never yawned more. I, I mean, I really felt it last night. It was a terrible baseball game. It was unwatchable. It was late. I was yawning all night. I couldn't do it. I couldn't make it any longer to try to watch the game. Now I did the night before, oddly enough, but I just could not do it to myself uh, last night and. I don't know what the circumstances would be by by us being more compelled. I mean, Oakland's tough because just anymore they're never going to have true star players. When they become stars, they ship them off, right? Like they're good, but they're just never they're never the guys that you desperately want to watch. And this is your chance to watch them. And you know why it's not cl- even when they go to Anaheim. And despite the fact that they've got the guy, I've I don't know. I've just never. It has always been more compelling to me when Mike Trout is in Baltimore than when the Orioles are in Anaheim. Dude, it's unreal how good that guy is. Oh, he's, and, he's and okay. If if he played, uh, <laughs> this is the East Coast bias. Yeah. But if he played in New York or Philly or Boston, it's it. I think his entire career would look differently. I don't. I don't disagree with that. I don't, oh, uh, that being uh, now that being said, I watched every Dodgers Padres game. I think him in Boston, I, he would probably lose home runs because of how hard he hits the ball with the. With the they would just monster. go off the. They would just Not go off the wall. Right? Change his approach. I, I, I watched every Dodgers-Padres game, every single one. I watched right. every inning of every game. Right. I, I was up. I was invested. I was compelled. Now, it helped. They were all gripping baseball games. By the way, what happened to the Dodgers? What's going on with them? Oh, my gosh. You see what happened yesterday? They got swept by the Cubs. They like got swept by the Cubs. Kershaw right. went one inning. What the F is going on? They, they stink all of a sudden. Like it's. I don't know. And I think losing Dustin May is going to hurt them. Oh, there's no question that losing Dustin May is going to hurt them. Real weird. Real weird how that fell apart so quickly. And it's a bummer because like Dodgers-Padres was Dodgers-Padres was what was going to keep me invested in baseball all season long. Like well, I, was, well, I mean, they're still going to win 95 games. 
Yeah, you're probably right about that. You're probably right about yeah, that. I, well, maybe not. Maybe they're 92. Still they're, they're still, still pretty good. Uh, you want to play a little Would You Rather Wednesday? Oh, uh, wait, wait, when did the, the when did this Kings of Leon record come out that, that you've apparently been raving about? Oh, I love it. It came out on March the 5th, and I heard some of the songs, but I just really got around to sitting down and listening to the whole thing front to back. Here's what I'm just learning. Like, you can't buy this with money. Oh, this is the bit. This is the the NFT thing. This Correct. Is, this is, so how does this work? All right, so you had two weeks. There were, and, and and I may not be exactly right with the numbers here, so forgive me. You had two weeks to buy the record at fifty dollars. Maybe the next level was twelve fifty, and the next level might have been five grand, or it was. Wait, wait what? 50, listen, it was fifty, twenty five hundred, and five grand. Anyway, there are the lev- different levels to buy it. One of the levels got you front row tickets to a show. Like they've packaged their product now to say, essentially, we want, and I'm just making up this number again. We want you to spend $1,500 on the Kings of Leon. Here's what you're going to get. You're going to get this new album plus another secret album we recorded. You're going to be able to go to this concert you're going to be able to sit yeah, in the front okay. row. Yeah, sure. You're going to be able to meet the band. So now that product is a tradable commodity with cryptocurrency. Right, right. It can't be purchased anymore. It's so really- wait, you can't, you can't, if you purchase an NFT, you can't turn around and sell it again? You, you, yes, it's like a stock, Right. I I thought I thought that was the point of this. I no, thought you, you can resell it. Yeah, I, mean, I thought. It, I think somebody that's what I'm who, saying. Right, it's yeah, a it's, it's a tradable. Right. Come up. Okay. Okay. That's yeah. what I thought. All right. That's you, what can, I'm you can do anything you want with it. You own it. But you're the only one who owns this. You you know you bought Kings of Leon package number six seven four four, and you're the only one who owns that particular package. Correct. I just don't. I still. I gotta be honest with you, man. I still don't get it. I still don't get. Well, I think it's their answer to, and they're the first band to do it. I think it's their answer to, to, accumulating or developing some sort of brand. And and wouldn't shock me at all to see someone like Dave Matthews do this either. Um, that basically says. We want to identify the people who are the craziest about us. Right. And we want them in our world. And we believe they'll pay for that privilege. Sure. Okay. I mean, I get that. That right. that part, that's different to, to me than an NFT, though, right? Now, like, I saw their, well, no, it isn't. Well, I values mean, subscribed by whatever willing, people are willing to pay for it. Yeah, it's, right. not, it's not all that different. It, it's all you're really trying to do is identify people who understand that the and I don't because I'm an old guy, but you're trying to find people who understand that not everything has to actually have a dollar figure attached to it. Wait, that, what? That there is a valued a front row ticket call. Let's pretend right that if you're online and you bought a front row ticket. Yes. The ticket price is two hundred and seventy-five bucks. Right. There are people who will give you $5,000. Of course. Of course. Right. So they're, they're trying to identify people who don't put a monetary value on every 
piece of property that they have as it relates to Kings of Leon. But you still, why, but you still have to pay a certain amount of money. Hundred percent. But you, you, you now it's it. What it really is to me, it's almost an answer to scalping, in my opinion. John says it's you their way of saying we'll just yeah, scalp no. ourselves. People that love us can buy up whatever they want to buy, and if they want to sell it, let them sell it. But we're getting but, our piece of it up front. So that's what I think. Okay, so I, the, the second part of that is more interesting, which is you figure out what people are willing to pay, and, and you get it so that the secondary market doesn't, right? Like, if we set the price for a front-row ticket at $250, and we know there's somebody out there that's willing to sell it and buy it for 1000 why don't we just get the 1000 ourselves 100%. instead of... That's that's that I like I can come 100%. around to on the idea, which benefits. It doesn't really benefit any fans other than because you're going to pay the thousand one way or the other, but you're just paying it directly to um, the artist right. instead of paying so, it to the so, secondary market. I mean, right. So think of it like this, right? And, and I guess I would use it in golf terms. But I don't really understand how this incorporates to an album. Like you can sell that 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 front row ticket, whether you have an album to sell or not. Well, the difference is here's the album. And then here's this other thing we've created that's way better than the album. Right. Normal people don't get that. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. But, I mean, again, as to your point, if Dave Matthews Band goes on tour next summer, I think they're, they're trying to this summer, if they go on tour this summer, they could do the same thing with a front row ticket even though they don't have an album to sell. Sure. But this is, and again, it's not just those My things. My head hurts. There, I'm there a, are. It's hey, it's 2021, baby. Where I'm, I'm, I'm desperate to try to. No, I really, I have, I have this. The only thing that I've understood about this NFT concept is people have told me it is sort of like stock. I this is not a joke. Exclusivity to some of it. So you were there that night too. So you, I had somebody approach me at Looney's last Thursday night when we were there doing our draft show, and said, "You guys should sell the night Joe Flacco told you he was the best quarterback as an NFT." This is something that somebody approached me and said, you should make that an NFT and sell it because a Ravens fan would want that. And I said, how? 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 how <laughs> like, do I own that? Does Joe own it? Does the, the, the radio station that we work for? Like, who owns that moment? Could I sell other things? Could I sell, you know, Drew's, Drew, uh, Drew's April Fool's joke on the air? Could I sell that as an NFT? Who has the right? To any of these things, to make it an NFT, to decide that they can sell it, I don't, I don't get this part of it at all. Like this makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> well, it has to have some value, right? And that would be the first question: is of, of what value? Right, I, I get it. Let's well, who holds the? But value? let's again, let's pretend. Let's pretend, like for whatever, because I've seen some dumb things that have been sold as NFTs on the internet, right? Let's pretend. There's some Ravens fan out there that for $5,000 would want to say they're the owner of Joe Flacco saying he's the best quarterback in football before he went on to win the Super Bowl, right? Let's just, let's just say that that person exists. Okay. It, how do I have the right? Like who, who's like the right who, holder and who decides? Correct. Could multiple people sell the same thing? I don't know. I have no clue. Well, here, okay, so here's what I would say, and I'm looking it up. I can't use my computer because you're you're on my computer. Yeah, that's the way it works. I'm, I'm looking this up real quick, so just bear with me. This but I, I think the answer is... I that, asked the oldest person yeah, I know right. to explain NFTs to me. I know. And I, I'm, <laughs> learning, I'm learning just like you, right? Um, 
I want to see a, a non-fungible token. I wanted to make sure I had the right F word. God. Um, I can't believe I did this. This is on me. It's not on. I'm so sorry. Right, so here's, here's the way I want you to think about it. Yeah. Think of it like it's an autograph. Okay. I mean, I, I think that but that... If, when, but if when Joe you, Flacco signs an autograph and gives it to me, it's mine. I know I can but, sell it. <laughs> but wait a minute. Right, right. And the reason is... And so when you say, who who owns who owns it? Right. right? If tomorrow... Here's... This is just my guess. If tomorrow you found out that someone sold that interview we did yeah. for 40 grand, Okay. You'd be pissed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You would say. Would I go to court? I would sue them. You would say, "How do you think you own that?" But right? do, but do we have rules yet? Does, does, somebody, judge like, does somebody decide that this they is can? the part that I'm struggling with? Has anyone decided who does? Because if not, why wouldn't I attempt to sell it? <laughs> And also, what exactly am I selling? <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. Am I selling an idea? Do I have to actually find someone who... Like, what, if I decided tomorrow to, to push you out of the equation, which sounds great to me, and say, yeah, Drew was up there on the dais, but he didn't ask the question I did, right? If I decided to push you and Joe and the old radio station out of the equation, and God, considering the amount of money they owe me, I, I don't think they want to go to court. Um, if I decided to do that, would a judge say... Yeah, you're good. Or would you turn around and sue me, and the judge say you got to give half the profits to Forrester? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I tried. Would you yep. rather Wednesday is brought to you by Glory Days Grill? Hey, Drew, would you rather? Uh, yeah, um, um, uh, Mrs. Forrester is not currently listening, correct? Uh, probably. Not. I would imagine not. Why would she start today? Um, uh, would you rather today, Mark Cuban? offers you $25,000 to invest in any business idea that you have. It can't go to Drew, but it can go to DrewsMorningDish.com. It can go to whatever business idea you've been working on. You can get a $25,000 investment from Mark Cuban. Or you get a phone call today that says, Melinda Gates would like to meet you for dinner tonight. Oh, let me get my phone. Let me put my ringtone on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let me get my let me get my ringtone set up. Just just waiting for the call, correct? Wait, for the Wait call. waiting for right. the call. That's that's right. that's an obvious one. That has to be the answer to that question. Right. And then the other one, um, if if uh, so so John thinks it would be the radio station that would. But then how are and if that's true, how are NFL players yeah. selling their plays? Wouldn't those be owned by the NFL? But we see regularly NFL players selling their own. Or I heard that somebody was selling Donald Trump's. Well, here's a good example. Trump or Twitter. When I lost it that day, when I lost it that day on uh, about the about the Patriots, right? Parkville, right? When oh, it wasn't about the Patriots. It was about Cam Cameron, and it was before the Patriots. That that in my mind is yours. That is my property. It's your intellectual property. Correct. I feel like a college football player now. But wait a second. But uh, yeah, yeah. See, now all of a sudden you're going to talk name, image, image likeness with me. <laughs> now all of a sudden you understand where I was coming from, you jerk. But <laughs> but Taylor Swift didn't own the rights to her own songs. She had to go back and re-record all of her old songs so that she could own the rights to them and try to make the old ones disappear. How does any well, of this? She signed work? a contract with a record label. 
to record those songs initially that gave but, them. The but did I the when I did I agree? I never. I don't know how this works. I don't know how any of this. Well, works. I, I do see where that. I do see the. In a bizarre way, I do understand what happened to her with the record company. They they do own that, but I do, but I don't see like as. <laughs> I don't see it from a radio station standpoint. Well, I, there's, there's like they are specifically negotiating the rights to the music she's recording. That is the. But I don't know if product. I signed some piece of right. paper that said. I don't think in your contract with the old radio station there was a clause saying that we. I mean, maybe there was. And I'm gonna bet that Joe has some pretty powerful lawyers too. I'm just gonna guess that he found out that we we made fifty grand on this. That he's going to step in and say, "Hey, whoa, where's where's my cut?" You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he just. I got a lot of questions, dude. I got a lot of questions. All right, uh, uh, would you rather uh, give me this one? Would you? You're the Cleveland Browns. One, I'm sorry, but you're the Cleveland Browns. Would you rather trade Baker Mayfield to Denver and then acquire Aaron Rodgers? The trade's roughly working out, or stick it out with your own guy? Well, that's a great question. Thank you. I, I appreciate How old is that. Rogers, 32? 37. Or something. <laughs> oh, is he really? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's been in the league 15 years. Remember, um, he didn't play for a couple of years at the beginning. Wow. Mmm. Mmm. I probably would take Rogers. Okay. Even I, I, And a couple of reasons why. A, he's better than Mayfield yesterday. Well, yes, that part is for um, sure. I do think there's some motivation for him. Not that he didn't have it before, but I do think, you know, he's essentially saying to Green Bay, you you had your shot. Uh, I, I do think he's motivated. No matter where he goes, if he goes somewhere, I don't think Brady, to me, I don't think Brady had that motivation when he went to Tampa. I think Brady just wanted to keep playing football, and he would have played in New England for the rest of his life. New England fired him; he didn't fire them. No, he didn't. You say that I, everything we understand is that it just—he yeah. did not want to be around Bill Belichick anymore. They, they would have taken like he, Brady back in a heartbeat. He was just—he was just done with it. That's—that's that's everything that we've understood is that okay. it was just over well, between I think Brady Rogers and Belichick. Is firing them. Well, I agree with that. I, I mean, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. There's Florida no doubt about like it. I, I would probably do that. I don't know that Mayfield. I, I think Rodgers is a winner, although his record in the conference championship might suggest otherwise. Um, I just don't know that Mayfield is. All right, all right. We'll talk about that in a second. What's coming up at Drew's Morning Dish? Well, tomorrow I'm doing a whole thing where I say I would trade Lamar for Baker. Ah, nice. Love that. That's that'll be good. That'll that'll get some attention. That'll get you a little bit of a little bit of attention. <laughs> Right. Here's an idea, sports fans. Yeah, and by the way, it's May. Like we're, we're the draft's oh. the draft's over. This is this is the time. This, this is, is it. the time to do it. Between now and uh, August one, although we got some golf we can talk about. Ah, yes, you you've got some golf you can talk about. DrewsMorningDish.com. Oh, is the Super League like that's that's a that's like official now? I saw. I think it's dead. I think it's dead. Wait, I, wait, what killed it? Because I, I just saw a report yesterday that somebody like had already agreed to join on as one of the team captains. Oh, I, I, I don't pay attention to it, so I don't know. I what are you, what are you talking about? No, I'm not talking about the soccer thing. I'm talking about the golf thing. I thought you were talking about soccer. Oh, no. oh, oh. You're talking about the, the golf. They're literally oh. calling it the Super League Golf. Uh, I have no idea. Which is hilarious. Yeah, right. Why, would you, why would you do that? Why like... would you ever do that? This is a report from The Telegraph. 
The report oh. from the Telegraph says not, that not true. the Super League Golf has extended invites to A-list roster that includes the world's top two ranked players in Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas, four-time major winner Brooks Kepka, three-time major winner Jordan Spieth, and Masters champion Hideki Matsuyama. Rory McIlroy said he would not participate, so he did not receive an invitation. The source added that Johnson has already agreed in principle to captain one of the teams, though Johnson's agent dismissed that assertion. I'd be really here. Surprised. I am scooping Drew on golf like always. Here I'd I am. I'd be really surprised if any of these guys do this without the tour's permission. Well, I mean, the word is the PGA's did the same thing that the UEFA was going to do. Like the PGA has said, you do this, that's it. It's over. You're not coming back and playing with us any longer. Yeah, I, they, they'll never do it. All right. All right. Uh, Drew'sMorningDish.com at It's a Hooded Four Iron on Twitter. That's how you follow him. Uh, thank you, pal. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Uh, Drew Forrester checking in with us here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797 or C3America.com for a free analysis. I would like an answer if anybody knows like definitively. Some, I don't know who does. Who somebody, does know? somebody approached me, and I, I don't even remember who it was. Somebody approached me on Thursday, said hello. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, one of the regulars that I've known over the years. It was just somebody sure. that that was there and came and introduced themselves to me. And they asked me. They were talking to me about the radio station. I had no interest in the conversation. And then they threw, just threw this out and mm-hmm. said, you know, have you ever thought about selling any of your old moments as NFTs? And I was like, any of my, old, what do you mean, any of my old moments? Like, I don't think anybody's interested in. Me screaming about Lamar Jackson and whether the Ravens drafted wide receivers. Like, I don't think that anybody sure. wants that. I said, well, what about when Joe told you he was the best quarterback? And I was like, uh, I was just so dumbfounded about it. I was like, am I allowed to do that? Like, is that a thing? I do not know. And I'm not telling you that I would, but I would at least like to know the answer to, like, how that works. Sure. Who who owns it that it can be an NFT? I do not know. Because it is easy to say that, like, well, wouldn't the radio station own it? Um, John says maybe a sports league can set up an agreement with their players to sell NFTs, but I, that's different. Yeah, I, I, I NFTs I, didn't exist when this was a thing. I do not. So I don't know retroactively how you decide who has the rights to an NFT. I saw somebody say that like multiple different people have been selling NFTs, and like the league has sold one, and the player has sold one. Like the players' association could do does, it. Does that end up in court at some point and somebody say, no, you're not allowed to do this anymore? I just... Well, I don't know. It wouldn't be different than, like, players' association striking a deal with a trading card company without the MLB's granted approval and they can't put the logos on it kind of thing. But I think I that, like that... that would be similar right. in that regard. So I could I sell an NFT that didn't have the radio station's logo? Dude, I don't know. I'm. This is why I'm... I do not know. I'm befuddled befuddled by how this works befuddled know. man befuddled. possible Joe Flacco doesn't even know what an nft is oh it's also there's a great chance that he doesn't give a rat's ass about any of this and says my life is good mm-hmm. you do whatever the f you want you weirdo yeah. like there is a great chance of that being the case in the same say, way who? that he once upon a time was supposed to be uh, that drew was calling him every thursday night to write a column sure, said you just in it. joe's name and at about by week six joe said drew i don't just write it i don't care just write whatever you want to write and put my name on it. I don't care any longer. So I have no idea. But I would at least like to know. I would at least like to know 
how this works. If we get a big exclusive, right? If we have if we have Kevin Zeitler on sure. before anybody else does, should I quickly try to I, put it out there as an NFT and maybe somebody wants to give me a hundred bucks for it? Like, how does that work? Somebody like, might would like some answers. Uh, quickly, would you rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill? Number two, would you rather um, you you get twenty five thousand dollars as an angel investment? from Mark Cuban for a business idea, whatever you've been working on. And I know you've got lots of stuff going on in that brain. Kitten mittens. Kitten mittens. Uh, Or you get a phone call, Melinda Gates would like to meet you for dinner tonight. (laughs) Give me dinner. I mean, I'm not... I think there are some people who would answer this question and say, with some sort of inflated sense of self, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'll bag her. Right. Of course, I'll get right. her to marry me. She'll right. Fall in love Correct. with me instantly. Well, hang on. She's pursuing you. Let's just keep that in mind. But this seems like a weird setup here, where it's like a blind date, and like she's into no, this. Uh, who said it was a blind date? She's into this. She's like, okay, yeah. She absolutely. had her publicist reach out okay. to you. Well, yeah, it's that to then. go to dinner tonight. Yeah, it's that. Then. Wait till I tell your girl. Wait till I wait till I pass this audio She'll along. Understand. <laughs> By the way, I think my wife would too. Yeah, for what it's understand. worth, I think Mrs. Clark would be like, "Are you crazy? Yeah. Like." Like you're gonna, you're gonna. You'll still be paying child you, support, right? You drag it along, and then you're still really married to me. Like it would be. Uh, I would. By the way, for the same, I would do the exact same thing with her. If if Bill Gates was interested in my wife, I would say, baby, like, what, what are we gonna do? Here? You got it. You gotta. You gotta. What are we crazy? What what kind of world is this? You gotta. You take that call. You go that route. Um, there are some of you that are a little bit more like John Proctor. I'm a married man. I'll be. I'll, I'll take. Go screw John. Twenty five grand isn't isn't enough. Yes, John John Proctor is not um, is not doing anything for you. Uh, Gary says definitely Cuban over uh, over Melinda Gates, who I have no desire to have dinner with either. Gary, Gary said that. Thank Gary. Okay, Gary, you uh, all, right. all, all good. good. You, all good, chief. All good, man. Nobody's nobody's. You're at least getting you. a hell of a steak out of it. Yeah, I don't think that you're going to <laughs> the Outback. No offense to the Outback. Unless they want to give us money, it's the best. Yes, steak correct. In town. It is. There is Dave and Buster's, the best steakhouse in Philadelphia, as everyone has always known. A better. Steak I mean, this is you guys. I don't, atmosphere. Could you guys be less fun, Ken Zalis? I'm married and have great ideas for twenty five thousand. What, what, could you be less pleasant to be? I bet you're a joy at parties. Just a joy. To having these conversations. I'm married. I'm not going to do that. Uh, Lou, thank you. I would want to meet Melinda Gates for dinner because she'll be picking up the tab at least. At least you're going to have a hell of a dinner experience. A great story to tell. And maybe if it doesn't work out between the two of you, you could still form some sort of friendship that would work out to your benefit. Right? Like, I'm not saying... Business partners. You Network, might you, you know? might be able to make right. that work if she's impressed by. You think it, she wouldn't be able to cut a check for twenty five thousand dollars. Yes, correct. Let's say it doesn't work out romantically you between say you the couldn't two try of you. And get the, the I never investment I from never, Gates. I never ruled out the possibility. Now, there's no guarantee this is that your it own will. Personal shark tank she, pitch. She might hate you. She Very might well say, could. "If you don't want to marry me, I I want you dead." She you might have a powerful CEO enemy. It's possible. All these things are possible. Corporation. All of these things are possible. And number three, you're the Browns. She could throw a scalding hot coffee on you. Now, all of these things could could occur. It could be the case. Uh, I would think, because I'm so charming, no. that I would come away. I'm quite charming. Everybody knows that about me. They've called me Prince Charming. Oh. Um, I, I would think 
that I would be able to win her over I to agree. at least want to mm-hmm. can have some sort Another. of extended sure. relationship, even if that's not a romantic sure. type it. of situation. That she would say, you know I what? Think I would be in a similar category. You seem like a swell chap. Yeah. I don't know where you're taking the conversation. Hmm? If you start going down the aliens route, and well, she knows more than we do. I know, but I don't think she wants to talk about it. I don't think that's she's allowed point. to say to get a few what she knows. glasses of wine. Oh, now, now you're learning the real secrets, yeah. and that's even better than a romantic relationship. Plus. Uh, number three, you're the Browns. Would you rather trade Baker Mayfield to Denver, acquire Aaron Rodgers, or stick it out with your guy? I, I this is a way more compelling question than some people are trying Take to make Aaron it out. Rodgers. To I mean, I understand this is how many years are you able to compete with Aaron Rodgers discussion? How many years are you able to compete with Baker Mayfield discussion? What are you able to do with Baker Mayfield? What level of competition are we talking about? Reaching all of the above. I think the notion that. Tom, I think people are believing that Tom Brady has reset the bar for where quarterbacks, how long quarterbacks can play at a high level. And I think Aaron Rodgers still has four years. I think he could. I also think that we have seen plenty of examples of guys who are playing really well at 37, and within two years, it was over. There are so many examples of this that it just, you reach a point, Peyton Manning, Manning being an obvious one. Surgery, yes, but he was quite, the neck fusion surgery wasn't what did him in. He I'm was aware, amazing did, that doesn't mean after it neck fusion surgery. That doesn't mean it didn't give him a shorter amount of time. It doesn't mean that if Peyton Manning hadn't had neck surgery, that his arm might not have been but able to But we have no, you're longer. drawing a parallel that we have no idea exists or not. You're trying to make it seem as though Peyton, the, the reason for Peyton Manning falling off the cliff was the neck surgery that he had years before. There is no evidence that that's the case. And he's not the only one. He's the most dramatic recent one. But we're one. talking about a guy who has some room to lose. Aaron Rodgers has one of the stronger arms we've ever seen. Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball at an apex that others can't. So if you're talking about Aaron Rodgers' brain and a slightly degraded arm, that's still good enough in my opinion. And you're talking about the collection of talent that he would be surrounded by. Um, I would feel I like, really good I about that. I think Baker Mayfield's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he has the potential to be better than good. But I don't think at his best, if he reaches his full potential, he could be Aaron Rodgers. Well, I don't think that anybody thinks that he could be. That, but again, again, you're having two different conversations. You're not talking about Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers and getting 2012 Aaron Rodgers. Yes. But I'm not sure he could even be Aaron Rodgers now. So I'm taking Aaron Rodgers now and rolling the dice on three years where I figure I've got a pretty damn good chance of reaching the Super Bowl and winning it and figuring it out after, right? Then saying, do I think, do I think he can reach the level that I think we can get from Rodgers and going for it? All right, I'm getting more, more Rodgers than I am Baker. John Proctor, I would have to take Baker. Rodgers is Rodgers, but is he going to be around for a long time? Uh, oh, you know what he says? But I might. He's he's basically giving me both answers now that I look through it again. He's basically giving me both answers. From Tom, Tom says, uh, as a Ravens fan, I would hope they would go with Rodgers. It's a very Browns thing to do. Sure, you might be good for a year or two, but you put yourself in a position where, once again, you're going to be looking for a quarterback, and they have not shown long-term that they're the organization that's capable of finding them. Well, in fairness, they didn't. the people that are running the organization now aren't the same ones that made all of the quarterback decisions over sure. the years. They're also with Rodgers, not likely to put themselves in a place where they're going to have a number one overall pick. 
in the next couple of years. But I get his point is about valuing the now ahead of the long term and that he thinks that that and ends up benefiting the Ravens if the Browns go all in for now, fail, and then end up not having a quarterback long term. From Chris. Chris says, Glenn, this is funny because I have a lot of Browns fans in my life. My family is from Ohio, and they are all raving about how stupid the concept would be for them to get Aaron Rodgers. I'm not sure that I agree with them about that, but I do think that the best organizations don't make in moves like this thinking that they can solve a problem immediately. It worked for the Bucks, But they didn't have a quarterback. I get it. Keep that in mind. Like It's not as if they gave up on someone in the process. They had no quarterback and needed one desperately, even if it was just going to be a short-term answer. They were either going to be drafting their next quarterback or doing something like this. They had to solve the quarterback position one way or the other. This is different than that. This is not comparable. Yes, it worked in acquiring the guy, but they were the perfect team to acquire the guy because they had given up on the guy they had before. They were done with Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston was not going to be their quarterback no matter what. They knew we had to be in the quarterback market. Let's take a short-term look at this, and if it doesn't work, worst-case scenario is we're in the same spot that we were to begin with. Like I get that which Mayfield is, is a better than Goff, we think, right? We think, yeah. Right, but I think there's not it's not an unreasonable parallel. Um, I mean, Goff now, yeah, it's an unreasonable parallel. I get Goff, it, but Mayfield... Uh, Goff, when he was playing his best, no, that would be a, a reasonable parallel. And if you're saying that you think there's some world where Mayfield – has has outperformed what he actually is, and in two years you might not feel or strongly that this about this might just be his ceiling, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know that. I, right. I think he could be better than this, right? Mayfield was a part of prolific offenses at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. I don't know who the Browns really want to be in their in their perfect world. Stefanski yep. is a guy that wants to run the football, wants to run off play yep. action, right? Like, would Rodgers be able to do the Rodgers stuff? And obviously they have two to? really good running backs. So I don't know. Maybe Mayfield is better for what the Browns want to do than Aaron Rodgers would be. I could be. But I don't know. It's it's a, it's not a perfect fit for, you know, having those running backs, right? Like, you're going to want to, when you have those guys, well, you sure. have them to want to run the football. Um, but I, of course, you, you adapt to the players you have. And so they certainly are capable. They have the talent to go and throw the ball a lot and be successful, you know. But with Maker Mayfield, that has not largely been their their preferred strategy. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't look. I probably. I would probably agree on Rodgers, but I think it's way closer than people are making it out to be. And I think that the how you do your business as an organization and what you're striving for is a far more relevant question when you have this conversation. All right, we'll grab a break. Um, we're going to talk to Sonny Dykes, the uh, head coach at SMU, about Brandon Stevens and James Prochet. we got to get a tidbit, tubular. That's all on the way. Continue to get me your sponsors for Would You Rather Wednesday, brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Today's show is also brought to you by KNS Automotive. Right here in Hamden for over 40 years, KNS Automotive has been restoring, repairing, and maintaining foreign and domestic vehicles with a focus on exceptional workmanship and quality customer service. Everything from oil changes to major body work, they've got you covered. 410-235-6660 or go to knsimports.com. It's KNS Automotive, knsimports.com. The annual MIAA Lacrosse Championships are coming live to Anne Arundel County for the first time ever. The MIAA Lacrosse Championships feature some of the nation's top lacrosse programs as well as the future stars of the game. Join us Tuesday, May 18th and Friday, May 21st at the Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis, Maryland. Tickets are on sale now. To learn more, go to MIAAChampionships.com. 
For more than 100 years, Chesapeake Employers Insurance has been helping Maryland businesses keep their workers safe. With competitive pricing and an AM Best, A-minus financial strength rating, it's no surprise that Chesapeake Employers is Maryland's largest writer of workers' comp insurance. At the end of every workday, someone's waiting for your safe return. Connect with your agent or visit CEIWC.com. Hey, this is your guy, Chris Rulin from Grade 8's Memorabilia, coming to you to talk about Baltimore Celeb Fest. 50 wrestlers at Benfield Sports Center on Saturday, May 15th from 11 till 3. We will be there with the Grade 8 stable with the Murder Hawk Monster, Lance Archer, the Machine, Brian Cage, the beautiful people, Angelina Love, Velvet Sky, Matt Seidel, Flip Gordon, Tessa Blanchard, Diamante. You can meet all eight of them for only 200 bucks. All the details at Grade8'sMemorabilia.com. It's Grade8'sMemorabilia.com. Also, we have great private signings coming up with John Harbaugh, Anquan Bolden, Jonathan Ogden, and more. That's GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. Remember, be great. Redefine your skills, inspire change, and make a difference. The Army offers the new generation of youth the ability to be part of something bigger than themselves, while also improving who they will become individually. Soldiers have the ability to impact the world in many different ways. The Army supports humanitarian missions ranging from the COVID-19 response to natural and man-made disasters. Visit GoArmy.com forward slash Baltimore. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The journey begins on remote mountain farms and plantations in the lush tropical regions of countries like Colombia and Brazil, where the best coffee beans are grown. The beans are harvested by hand, carefully sorted, bagged, shipped, and finally roasted. And the journey ends as your cup of rich, flavorful Royal Farms coffee, the freshest and best coffee in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hi, it's Glenn Clark for Window Nation. When it comes to cost and quality, Window Nation has you covered, saving you thousands more on your windows compared to national brands while providing the same, if not better, quality. Want detail? Window Nation measures each window three times to ensure proper fit. And after they install your new windows, they leave your home cleaner than it was before. Get 50% off every style window plus put no money down make no payments and pay no interest for 24 months 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com tell them glenn clark sent you window nation the perfect fit the latest edition of press box is available now on the cover luke jackson profiles top orioles pitcher john means and the role new pitching coach chris holt is taken with means and the entire organization inside matt kremnitzer reflects on nick markakis's career, and Bo Smolka looks at what to expect from the Ravens 2020 draft class in their second season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. Winding down from the Chesapeake Employers Insurance Studio. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Continue to get me responses throughout the day. We'll pick a winner tomorrow morning for the $25 gift card. 
back-to-back responses we got on the first one from Tony. Uh, the Orioles are already picking fifth next month in what every analyst calls a four-player top-tier draft by virtue of winning some meaningless games last August against the Nats and Rays. Don't screw it up again. Meanwhile, Matt Sroka from Section 336 says, LOL, of course you want to finish around 500 because if that happens, it means your mostly young players are playing well. The more we win, the closer we are to being legit contenders. Some people out here would rather get the number one pick every year than win a World Series. Shaking my head. Um, let me let me let me push back a little bit, only to say I don't, I don't, I don't think there's any scenario in which if I did Would You Rather Wednesday and said Would You Rather Win the World Series or have the number one pick, anybody on the planet would choose the number one pick. I that that's I, that's hyperbole, obviously. I, I do think there's some gray area in there, and the reason why it's relevant, where you can find a scenario where you have a 500-ish season, it's not because guys are establishing themselves as sure. superstars, as difference makers. It's, you know... Renato Nunez and right. Freddie Galvez. Well, not Renato Nunez. Rio Ruiz, yes. Had to get one in there. My word. Uh, are out here playing well yes are raking and matt harvey's pitching quite well and severino has a 260 and and maybe some of the other guys that are younger that are performing well they're they're playing above their heads and it doesn't sustain moving forward there is room especially when we're talking about 500 for this not to be proof that you're three years ahead of schedule on the rebuild versus it being an anomaly that you happen to win a few extra games Hell of a in a certain for the year. Orioles, you know? By the way, the bullpen has been. I get it, but they're two to three air assets, uh, assets, and you're hard to project. Oh, I mean, for example, Paul Fry has been outstanding. I get it. Has been excellent. Him. Yes. Hopefully, it continues, and then they can trade him. All right. Uh, let's go ahead and do tidbit and tubular now. Then we'll talk to Sonny Dykes. Tidbit brought to you today by Pressbox's print issue, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and at the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. Speaking of Trade assets, there's John Means right there on the cover. Great story about him, Chris Holt, how he's taken over the entire pitching concept for the organization. Pick it up right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. It's free, or you can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. Tidbit of the day. All right, let's talk Ravens. So, Alejandro Villanueva, of course, coming to town. Orlando Brown departing, and we've talked about the type of offense that the two teams run well it's fair to point out that when it comes to play action percentage and well rushing yards before contact per attempt there are no two greater outliers than the baltimore ravens and the pittsburgh steelers Mm -hmm. the baltimore ravens run play action at a whopping 35 percent matched only by the Tennessee Titans. However, the Baltimore Ravens also get 2.4 yards per carry before contact. No other team in football gets more than 1.9. So more than a half yard more for the Ravens before being touched than any offense in the league. Now, the second least play-action-oriented offense in football last year was the Jacksonville Jaguars at roughly 18% of the time. The least play-action-oriented offense was the Pittsburgh Steelers at just about 10% 
of the time. So eight whole percentage points fewer for the Pittsburgh Steelers and, well, 28 fewer than the Baltimore Ravens. So does Alejandro Villanueva fit into what they're doing? According to ESPN Next Gen Stats, well, maybe not as worse as we thought. In 2020, Villanueva ranked 18th in run block win rate, according to ESPN Next Gen Stats. Last season, Brown Jr., Orlando Brown Jr., of course, and DJ Fluker ranked 21st and 30th, respectively, in win run block win rate. In pass block win rate, Villanueva was stellar in 2019 at 7th, but dropped down to 58th last season. So, obviously, remains to be seen whether those will hold and if that will translate in a new offense. But the statistics last year... Or if it was just the Steelers ran the ball so infrequently that... that it was good enough for him to be serviceable. Yes. We'll see. Lamar Jackson still the quarterback for the Ravens. We like Mm -hmm. that. His 30-7 and record is good for an 8-11 win percentage. Since 2017, that 8-11 win percentage is second best among all quarterbacks who have started at least 30 games. There are five quarterbacks since 2017 with a win percentage of 700 or higher. Give me that. Give me that all one more time. Since 2017, right. five quarterbacks with a win percentage of 700 or higher. Since 2000, with at least 30 starts, are who? At least 30 starts since 2017. Yes. Um, okay, Rogers. No, 664. Brees. 759 for Drew Brees. He's how, remind me how many you said there were. There are five. Five. Um, since 2017, it's not quite as tricky as since 2017, ones. and there had to be 30 starts. Yeah. So Jackson, I said, well, yeah, he's one of them. Right. So, yeah. Ma- Mahomes. Mahomes, 38 and eight is the top ranked at 826. Wilson. Wilson down at 656. Really? Really. Okay. Um. 30 starts would be enough for Allen. Not on Because he had the one bad year. For... This is where it's going to be silly, and it's going to end up being a uh, golf. He has a 677 okay. percentage. It is silly. It's Watson. No. It's Prescott. No. I mean, you are forgetting somebody right now. Brady. Brady has a 734. I would have gotten there eventually. Win percentage, 47 and 17. But I'm still missing two. You are missing one. One. Mayfield? No. Roethlisberger? He has a 698 Mm, percentage. Bum. Sucks. If he hadn't tied. It's Kirk Cousins. It is not. It's... Who else would have? Matt Ryan because he was hurt when they were losing? No. It's still Garoppolo somehow. 733. Yeah. At 22 and 8, just making the cut. Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo is indeed the fifth most winning percentage. Sure. 
quarterback sure. going this way. Sure. Sure. No longer probably sure being a starter. Yeah, almost certainly that's the case. Uh, Tidbit was also brought to you by Window Nation. Glenn Clark here for Window Nation. This deal is insane. Right now, get 50% off all styles of windows, plus put no money down, make no payments, and pay no interest for 24 months. 866-90-NATION-WINDOW-NATION.COM. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you Window Nation, the perfect fit. By the way, apparently, I, I don't know what this bit is. Hollywood Brown just tweeted out a link to a GoFundMe that says they, he's trying to raise $170,000 to get the number five. Now, who hasn't? Nobody does. That's the that's the silly part about this. Like, I don't know what this bit actually is. I I don't. Has anybody worn five since Joe Flacco? Like, has it, did the Ravens just sort of stop giving it out out of respect to Joe Flacco for a little bit? Like, I don't. I, I have no idea. I don't know what he's trying to do. It, like, he's just trying to get attention on the internet, which is fine. But it's 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 weird. It's very weird. There's no getting around that. It's a really strange bit that Hollywood Brown is doing. Uh, Tubular is brought to you today by Great Eights Memorabilia. Love Great Eights. Love everything they're doing. Private signings coming up with John Harbaugh, Jonathan Ogden, Anquan Bolden, and more. The Great Eight Stable will be a part of Baltimore Celeb Fest, where you can meet all sorts of wrestlers, including. Eight of the top ones for just 200 bucks, pictures and autographs included. It's an unbelievable deal. That's May 15th in Davidsonville. And then June 27th, Tucker Fest at Jerry's Toyota. Justin Tucker will be there. Live music throughout the day, the dunk tank, the cornhole tournament. It's all happening. A big party on June 27th. Find out about all these events right now by going to GreatEightsMemorabilia.com. That's the number eight, GreatEightsMemorabilia.com to find out more. All right. Tubular. Tonight, well, this afternoon, in fact, the Orioles wrap up the series with the Mariners, 340. John Means on the mound against Yusei Kikuchi, of course. Um, got some strikeouts. He might strike the Orioles out 10-plus times. Great. Can't wait to see that. Who knows? Uh, the game will also be joined in progress on MLB Network if you happen to be in the San Francisco. Ben, congratulations, or the Denver Markets. Mass and two Braves Nationals, the 7 ESPN Dodgers Cubs at 740. Seriously, what happened to the Dodgers? MLB Network, White Sox, Reds, 12.30. Giants, Rockies after that. Rays, Angels at 10.30. Uh, lacrosse tonight, Stevenson's got Widener in the Mac Commonwealth semifinals at 7 o'clock. Go MustangSports.tv. NBCSN, Caps, Rangers, 7 o'clock. It's also an NBC Sports Washington Plus. NBCSN also has Avalanche Sharks at 9.30. NBC Sports Washington, Wizards, Bucks at 8. NBA TV, Spurs, Jazz at 9. CBS Sports Network, leg two of the semifinals for Chelsea and Real Madrid at 3 o'clock. By the way, congratulations to a former guest of this program, former Terp Zach yeah. Steffen, on the way to the Champions League final after um, uh, their performance yesterday for Man City. Congratulations to Zach. Uh, I had a couple Man City fans who were like, you think you can get him? I'm like, I don't think right now. I don't think right now. Maybe at some point in the future. But I don't think right now we're going to be able to talk to Zach. But uh, congratulations to him. That's very cool. And uh, some wrestling tonight. Uh, also this afternoon, the no, sorry, tonight, AEW Dynamite at 8 on TNT. Non-sports. Rob McElhenney, or Mac as we know him affectionately, is going to be on Kimmel tonight, I believe promoting the new season of Mythic Quest. Ah. Which is coming to Apple TV sometime soon, I believe. On uh, Channing, you're a big Channing Tatum fan. He's on Fallon. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That Brian Powell just gave me the answer. Parent, I forgot about this. If you want to change your number this year, you have to buy out all of the stock of the jerseys that are available. You can do it for free next year, 
But this year, if so you want to Flacco jerseys, you mean? No, of of the current like Hollywood Brown oh, jerseys that exist. He's okay. got to buy out the stock. So that's the one hundred seventy thousand dollars. If if any, I mean, look, there is no world in which somebody yeah. should be donating to this. Right, Donate yeah. to a cause. Yeah. I, I like to hope he's not serious right. about yeah. this, that this is still a bit to get attention on the internet. That's a it's a bad bit. I think there's a better way to do it to say something like, you know, donate and then I'll use the, I'll I'll right. still pay I'll my match. money and I'll match to do a charity or something like right, that. Whatever. Um I guess that's cool. On are you a crank anchors fan? If you are, it's back. Ten thirty okay. on Comedy Central. Stuff and things. Check it all out. GlennClarkRadio.com. All right. Tubular was also brought to you. Samantha B., you like her. 1030. I do like Sammy. PBS. Tubular was also brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for the cost of your home insurance deductible. 410-401-9797. C3America.com for a free analysis. Uh, speaking of Tubular, don't forget tonight as well, Stan the Fan Charles after the baseball game. He, Gary Stein, are going to be hanging out, talking with uh, Terry Hasseltine, uh, Executive Director of Maryland Sports, about uh, all the great events coming up, including the Maryland Five Star, which is a big deal. That's tonight. Uh, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com. Tomorrow, if you miss it, Stan's show is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Thanks today to Drew Forrester. Thanks to Patrick Stevens. Thanks to Jake Funk and to Sonny Dykes, who we're about to hear from. We'll get all of it up in the Greatest Hits section of the tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Irons and Fires. Great. Stuff and things. Oh, even better. Front and frolic. Uh, ben Golliver will join us tomorrow. He is the author of Bubble Ball. He is a Washington Post NBA writer. He was. I think he's still at the Post. Um, but he, it's a book about how everything came together for the NBA last year to finish the season in a bubble. We will talk with him about that and, and the Phoenix Suns being the best team in the history of basketball. That'll get a good amount of conversation for sure. Um, and who knows what else. But stuff and things mostly tomorrow in the program. Looking forward to that. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the U.S. Army, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, Exxon Mobil, K&S Automotive, C3 American Exteriors, Great Eights Memorabilia, the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday night. Go Birds. Uh, go Stevenson Lacrosse. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We wrap up today's show. Uh, the conversation we had to do a little bit earlier on uh, chatting with our friend, our new friend, Sonny Dykes, SMU football coach, about a couple of Baltimore Ravens. Enjoy. Have a great night. Well, of course, the Baltimore Ravens, for the second time in as many years, selected a player out of SMU this year, going with defensive back Brandon Stevens, who joined us yesterday. Joining us now, a man who knows a thing or two about Brandon, as well as James Prochet. He's the coach of the Mustangs. He is Coach Sonny Dykes, and he joins us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. No, thanks for thanks for having me. I appreciate it. How about this uh, SMU to Baltimore pipeline, huh? How about how about this working out for you guys? Yeah, yeah, it's been kind of unusual for uh, for for two years in a row to have. Um, you know, I guess what both uh, I think James was a fourth round pick and Brandon was a third round pick this year. So I think. Uh, it's been it's been good. I know our guys are excited about it. I know they're excited to work uh, with Coach Harbaugh and a great organization. And so I, I know I know James has really liked his time there, and I'm sure Brandon will as well. So, Coach, you know we we had the opportunity to catch up with Brandon yesterday. Um, a, a remarkable young man. But the the story is is really incredible to me. You, you, 
can you take me through like what what you knew about Brandon Stevens and this kind of crazy idea of right he's going to come here but to play a different position than what he's been playing at UCLA and 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 when you knew it might work yeah um well, it's kind of a long story. I actually knew Brandon uh, because I was at Cal when he was at UCLA. So we played against each other, and he played running back against us when I was there many years ago. And and um, you know was a good player. Um, you know was a guy that had good size and good speed. They had a number of running backs. Uh, there, there were two or three guys that played. They got the bulk of the carries, and he was one of the group. And you know he got his degree. Uh, he's a very mature, uh, hard worker you know, really um, enjoys the academic part of being a student athlete. So anyway, he got his degree from, from UCLA and, and reached out to Kevin Curtis, um, you know, our corners coach and, and, you know, just those guys just begin to develop a little bit of a relationship. And, and, you know, Brandon just said, you know, I, I think really I've been playing out of position. I think I'm probably a, a safety or a corner and really what I wanted to play. And it just didn't work that way at UCLA. And so will you guys take a look at me? And so, Bottom line is he came as a walk-on, um, believe it or not, and just kind of said, hey, look, I, I think I'm going to be good enough where you guys put me on scholarship, which about you know 30 minutes into the first practice, we realized that, that he was good enough to be a scholarship player for us in wow. a position of need and ended up you know continued to develop and became a heck of a player for us. How, how did he make up for the, the lack of experience, right? How did he make up... And, and, and find himself able to compete against, you know, top players in the country despite not having the same amount of time to play the position as other guys? Yeah, I think he, you know, I think it was work ethic. Um, you know, I think it was uh, maturity on his part and studying and and understanding that it wasn't going to be a finished product, you know, from the very minute he started playing corner. You know, it's a, it's a lot different skill set, you know, Instead of running forwards, you got to do a good job running backwards. And instead of trying to break tackles, you got to make tackles. And you know all these different things that that are different about that position. But he, you know, he had a great work ethic. He just attacked it like you would expect him to. Um, you know, had a great attitude. knew knew there was going to be some growing pains early. And, and I think what uh, what he made up for uh, by just a uh, determination was was a lack of experience. And you know, he just kept working. Uh, he kept getting better and better and better. The more reps he got, the more effective he got, the more confident he got. And, and um, you know, he's just developed into a really, really good football player. And, you know, I think the great thing about Brandon is he's still got a very high ceiling. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not that many corners. I think he weighed 212 pounds. There's not that many corners um, that go in the NFL at 212 pounds and not many guys that can run as well as he can. His coach Sonny Dykes from SMU, and he's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Coach, it's one thing for him to be able to, like, you know, succeed and, and be capable of doing it and, as you put, you know, put him on scholarship. It's another thing for him to be able to prove that he can do this at the NFL level. Was there a moment for you, a game, something that stood out that made you realize, like, wow, this isn't just a wacky experiment that we're doing here. This isn't him just proving that he's capable of doing it. This guy could do it at a really high level. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think just just his consistency, really. You know, for someone who was new to a position, um, you know, to consistently improve like he did. Um, you know, he's a very willing tackler, you know, plays physical, which sets him apart from a lot of other corners. Um, and so, you know, I think at that point, probably midway through uh, his first year playing the position, he just kept getting better and better and better and better. And I think we all, you know, we're in a meeting one day and we said, hey, look, this guy's got a chance to be really something special. Um, 
just because again, there's just, it's hard to find corners that are that physical, that willing to tackle. Um, and, you know, and continue to improve week after week, after week, after week. And, you know, and at the end of his, his first year playing corner, you know, we were all really excited about to, to see what kind of steps he made in going into a second year. And he did the same thing, continued to improve. And again, that's why I think his ceiling is high. You know, he's a really good special teams player. He, he enjoys yeah. playing on teams. He's got, you know, he's got the size that you want uh, to play on special teams. And so I think he'll be in a very impactful player, uh, you know, for the Ravens on special teams. So, so let me just uh, to, to wrap on Brandon for a second. Um, you know, the talk is that the Ravens probably view him as a, a free safety, maybe a slot corner type. Does that make sense to you? And, and can you tell me more about, you know, his appetite for special teams? John Harbaugh, all these years later, still a, a special teams coordinator at heart. The Ravens make so many roster decisions based on special teams. It's so critical to their program. Um, and how important you think that is for Brandon in his rookie season? Yeah, I mean, I, I, look, I think he can play a variety of positions, and I think it's proven he's a quick learner. You know, for him to make that adjustment from running back to corner as quickly as he did, you know, I think he can play in the slot uh, as a nickel. I think he could probably play safety, um, and he can certainly play corner in some situations as well. But, you know, I think that's he, he's a really good open field tackler. Um, you know, he's, he's physical. His mentality is very, very physical. He's got an attacking mentality. He's durable just because of his size and his strength. Um, and so, you know, he's going to be a big impact on teams. You know, he just, he understands how to play, play the game. He's always in a good football position. Um, you know, he anticipates the game well, you know, I think he, uh, just because he has played on offense, I think he probably sees the game a little bit differently than, than some defensive players. And I think that makes him a very valuable asset. And, um, as I said, I anticipate him having a really long, uh, career for the Ravens. I think they got a heck of a player. Sonny Dykes, head coach at SMU, with us on GCR. Coach, you know, I, if I could talk a little bit about James. We didn't get to see as much of him last season. Unfortunately, with the pandemic, there was really no off season and, and not nearly the same preseason. It was a tougher road for rookies and later round picks last year in order to make their way. Um, the Ravens drafted two more wide receivers this year, and, and there's a chance that he's already got a battle for a job. What what have we maybe not been able to see yet in James Prochet that with a full off season he might be able to show now in his second year in the NFL? Well, James has an ability to make plays. Uh, just, you know, there's competitive balls, you know, what people like to call 50-50 balls. You know, those are more like 80-20 balls when it comes to, to James and the way he can go get the football. And so, you know, I think Ravens fans and probably Ravens coaches as well, you know, really haven't seen uh, what he can do consistently just going up and, ma and making plays and making plays on the football that a lot of other guys can't make. And, you know, just the way that he competes day in, down out, uh, day out. And he's just such a, such a competitive guy. He's always going to be the most uh, prepared player on the field. Um, and when he has opportunities to make plays, whether it's in the punt return game uh, or, you know, it's a, it's a receiver, he's going to make them. Uh, he just has a knack for, for being in the right place at the right time and coming up with the football. And a big part of that's just his work ethic and desire and how much he pours into it. You know, he just seems to want the ball more than the guy covering him wants to, to defend him. Uh, am I right to assume that you would have had uh, Patrick McCary when he was at Cal? I did, yeah, yeah. Patrick's had Patrick and uh, was was a good player. I mean, I, I know Patrick's uh, turned into a good player for the Ravens. You know, he, he had a tough, a couple of tough stretches last season. And, and in a way, I think people here in Baltimore have kind of written him off after, you know, he was a starter at center a year ago. Um, struggled with a couple of snaps, knowing what you know about him. And, and, and he is a really quality human. 
Um, I would imagine that you're not the type that's writing off Patrick McCary and that you believe if he gets another opportunity, he's going to be just fine despite some of the issues that he went through a year ago. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he, there's no one's going to work in the, in the offseason harder than he's going to. And uh, he, he'll be ready, I promise you. You know, playing center is a new position for him. It's not something he did in college. And so there's always a little bit of growing pains associated with that. But life in the NFL, you better pick it up quick. And, and he certainly understands that. And as I said, I would imagine – He's putting the time and work in so to, to ensure that there's not going to be any more of those snap situations. Coach, before I let you go, if I could, I, you know, we, we make comparisons to what the Ravens are doing in the NFL and, and sort of zigging where everyone else zags by, by running the ball so much in a passing league. And comparisons are often made to the academies, right, and what, what Navy and Army do, and you guys go up against Navy every year. Can, can, I, I don't know if there's a comparison because this is still the NFL we're talking about and Lamar Jackson's a little bit different. As good a quarterbacks they've had at Navy a couple times. They're not Lamar Jackson. But can, can you explain you know, like what it's like and how different it is to face an academy than every other opponent, the challenges, and, and whether or not maybe you see a parallel in what the Ravens are doing and how difficult it might be for NFL teams to, to face teams they know are going to throw the ball so much and then sort of get this curveball from the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, if you if you go back and look at my history in coaching, I mean, I was I, I came up in the you know late '90s at the University of Kentucky with you know Hal Mummy and Mike. Lee oh and yeah, guys yeah. For that, we were the air raid, you know, and and so we were kind of ahead of what everybody was doing uh, schematically, and and we were different. I think the biggest thing was the the fact that when people played us, you know, they they hadn't seen what we were doing that much. You know, I think the Ravens are, are playing throwback football, and it fits. You know, Coach Harbaugh's personality allows him to play with great fundamentals. Um, you know, there's a lot of different ways to win uh, in college football and in the NFL. Um, and what it really comes down to is, is you know, your, your really good players making plays, putting the ball in their hands and letting them determine the outcome of the game. And, um, you know, and those guys being able to make those plays in those situations. And so, you know, what the Ravens are doing right now with Lamar Jackson, with what they're doing with their offense is very, very different than what they're seeing in the NFL. And so, you know, you may spend 14, 15 weeks a year preparing for, you know, throwing offenses, and all of a sudden you're, you know, now you're having to prepare for all the quarterback run game and all the different things they can do with Lamar Jackson. It takes a toll on you defensively, and you really you build your team to stop what you see week in and week out. Mm-hmm. And so when you play Baltimore, you know, your team may not be built to, to, to stop what they're doing necessarily. And so it's a, it, it is a similar parallel. I mean, when we play the service academies, I mean, they're, they're, they're a pain. It just takes a lot of uh, preparation in the off season. You know, we spend we spend um, practice time, you know, year round, really trying to prepare for for Navy and, and just trying to get our guys accustomed to trying to defend that. And wow, I think you almost have to do the same thing in the NFL when you play against the Ravens because what they do is so different. All right, I, I'll leave you with this, Coach uh, Brandon Stevens. It's very strange. Brandon's mom invited us to to come down to Texas to come to Plano and stay at, at their house uh, so she could cook for us because apparently she's just the most wonderful person ever. I know you didn't have the same like recruiting path with him. You don't know anything about Brandon's mom as a cook and whether or not we need to get on a plane down to Plano immediately, <laughs> do you? You know, I'm a little disappointed she hadn't invited me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, hang on, we might be able to make that happen. That. Maybe, maybe we could coordinate this. We come do the show live from, from Brandon's mom's house one day, and we can bring you over with us at some point. That sounds great. I'll bring some steaks. We'll throw them on the grill. I love that. Time. I love that. Coach Sonny Dykes, man, great to chat with you. Really appreciate you taking the time. And, and, and congratulations to you on your program 
Um, I know these these things mean a lot to uh, to everyone, but congratulations on having a couple of Baltimore Ravens these last couple of years. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Those are great kids, and I mean, I'm just really really proud of what they what they're all about. You know, not only on the field but off the field as well. So just quality quality guys, James and Brandon both, and and so just uh, fun guys to work with. And they certainly made our program better.